Like, dude, it's a bullshit story. I was in Melbourne for a tournament two weeks ago. Um, had a few beers during the day, as you do. Yep. Um, yep. On the way home, stopped at a Macca's to go for a piss. And two days later, I found out someone was in that Macca's for the two minutes with, with Corona for the two minutes I was in there having a piss. So, so man. Yeah, that, two weeks, stuck at home. Oh, man. But but you get to, like, I mean, your your infrastructure down there is a, a little bit better than ours. So you have, like, what's your, is your job like the kind of thing where you can work from home or is there some sort of comp or, or what's that? I can't work from home, but I get full wages for two weeks. So it's like a vacation. Yeah, man. <laughs> the um, the government's done a deal with the supermarket, so I get free delivery. So if I want something, I just order it and it rocks up at my door the next day. Like, it's freaking paradise for me. <laughs> <laughs> living, living the dream. So you've had nothing but time to like watch basketball, paint, and just think about Anvil of Apotheosis. I oh, did pretty much like everyone's getting sick of me in the chat because I'm literally like on the chat all day. So I got fucking nothing else to do. <laughs> oh uh, man, nah, it's been awesome. Uh, so, and you're you're part of actual measured gaming proper, and and like I, uh, the podcast. I haven't listened to it in so long. I uh, used to, and then it last year happened. I'm just like, oh, oh that podcast is dead anyway, man. So you're not. <laughs> The um the guy that runs it it's like his project and he's just had a kid so he's put it on high artist mm. a year or something so I, I just saw a battle report show up and show up on my YouTube though so oh yeah Damn. that'll be from Rocky he's a he's a Canberra dude so he's yeah. he's like a the message is a bit weird like it's based in Bendigo but there's members from like all over Victoria a couple from you know in Queensland which is way up so oh. it's, um it's a weird club it sort of takes in anyone which which I really like so. Um, but yeah, Rocky's not around measured in Bendigo. He's probably a good five, six hours away, but wow. he's, um, still part of the club. Yeah. Still gets involved. So yeah, right on, right on. I see a uh, chat gang is showing up, but we haven't gotten to talk about basketball yet for a cold open. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who you do must you want? be pretty happy, dude. Who do you want in the finals? Who do you want in the finals? Oh, I'll be going to say the sun. Um, so being a sun's tragic now for quite a while. Really? Um, but um, I thought we'd win one game this series, so I'm already pretty stoked. Obviously, I want to win the series, but let's go. Um, it's all gravy for me. Um, who I want? Um, I don't know. Like I, I would have said that. Yeah, definitely the Bucks. <laughs> like fuck the Nets. Like let's be honest, the finals is basically the next series. Whoever wins that, right. he's got to win it all, surely. Yeah, I mean it's it's whoever whoever comes out between the Bucks and the Nets, I think is is got it pretty well locked up. Um, <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, see, I, I, um, the Bucks are a small market team, and so I have this mentality when it comes to like small market or something like the Suns that's been like out of, you know, kind of contention for a little bit. Is you view the postseason as bonus when you're small market because it, it's all it's you just you don't often have the money or the city to attract the talent, you know, the way the bigger teams do. So you just kind of got to view it all like like happy to watch the season. And then when you get to that that postseason, or maybe that's just how I've been coping with very very disappointing postseasons out of my team for the last four years. Um, oh, dude. But then it's it's crazy how fast it switches because then once you get a good team, then you almost expect to win, and then when you don't, you get sad. So it's almost like you can't enjoy it either way. Well, <laughs> it's a bit depressing. Well, that's 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 the thing. That's exactly how it is with with the Packers. Is like every year you're like, like come on. Just make the Super Bowl, and then they keep getting knocked out <laughs> earlier. And it's starting to happen with the with the Bucks. But I love 
I, I don't know if I'm more competitive with like with like football in terms of like my cheering interest because culturally speaking, you know, being from the state I'm from, it's all Packers all the time. Like there's a you know it, this isn't a joke. If you have like if you have like a wedding to go to or church. Packer gear, if the Packers play on Sunday or play that day, is considered formal attire. This is not yeah, that's a long run. like you get a pass. Like if you're in Packer stuff in in like Wisconsin for like whatever it is, and like no one judges you. It's really really funny. Um, so like culturally speaking, there's that like really sort of winsome attitude. Um, with the Bucks, it's like we, you know, I've always pretty much been a Bucks fan just because I'm a homer. Like I like the home teams wherever I happen to ge- geographically be positioned. But with the Bucks, like they started to get good, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want to like take it too seriously the way I do Packers because I love just watching basketball. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I might not even know who the players are, and I'll still like, oh sick dunk! Like it's just the 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 like spectacle of basketball where you actually can have like one superstar just absolutely obliterate on the court, which really doesn't happen in other sports where you like, yeah, your quarterback can be really good, but you can still lose games with the best quarterback in the league if you have the superstar you don't often lose games right with basketball or certainly oh, i don't know if you thought the um the portland denver game yesterday man or the day before but dame lillard bro i thought i was watching nba jam that dude like you're right you can just get right behind him it was so good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but, um g <laughs> dad apotheosis see no welcome to uh episode uh 96 of Rantcast. we're talking all about the nba uh playoffs and finals here <laughs> No, no, I'll Hell do the yeah. real I'll do the real intro. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, chat gang. I'm of course the magical Mr. Mephisto. This is episode ninety-six of AOS Rantcast. I'm joined tonight by uh uh Joel from Measured Wargaming. Joel Prime, if by my by my by my measure, right? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've got dogs going off right now, ruining a perfectly good intro. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, measured war game. We're going to be talking about measured war gaming tonight, but we're going to be talking about Anvil of Apotheosis. We haven't really done a deep dive. Thank you, Mochi. Thank you so much. That's my corgi. She just she barks if you sneeze. She hates anyone who like and who who comes knocking at the door, but she wants all the pets at all times. Like so, she'll bark at Amen. you, but like I I think just. She got her wires crossed and barking uh, like just as loud as possible is supposed to entice people to come over and pet her. Hey, dude, if I could bark at that shit, I would do. So fair enough. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, sorry. So we're talking about Anvil of Apotheosis. Um. This is actually you kind of reached out to me, and I know that the that I haven't really done much of a show on it. Uh, I've talked about it a couple times on the show. I, I think it's kind of come up as an aside, or we've done like a segment of it when we talked about the GHB show. But I haven't done like a deep dive on it. And you actually prepared like a full-on PowerPoint for this. Uh, you want to give us some background on on why are you so interested in, in, in Anvil Apotheosis, and what current event maybe has you really kind of looking into this? Um, so to be honest, when it first came out, I had a quick, you know, thirty-second, two-minute flick through, and I was like, oh, this is just shit. It's just sort of a narrative. Sort of way you can build a fun monster in your list, take your narrative games to some cool other model you found. Like, there's nothing really there. Um, but then I signed up for a tournament in Sydney um, because just me and my partner are no kids. So I have all the time in the world and, and the disposable income, I suppose, to go to as many tournaments as I like. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, so I signed up and then I looked at the pack and I was like, oh shit, there's an Anvil character <laughs> allowed in this pack. Let's have a bit of a look. Um, so I started digging in and um, 
and when you really have a bit of a deep dive and start to think about what you can do and, and putting it inside armies, there's actually some really sort of mental things you can do there. And, um, oh, it's been so much fun. Like, I've probably made 60, 70 Anvil characters the last month just thinking the best combinations, what wacky, crazy shit can you do? So, um, yeah, actually, big props to G-Dubs. It's actually really cool. There's a lot there. Well, from what I hear, it was actually like sort of the passion project of one of the writers. Like they were just like obsessed with this idea. And I remember in Warhammer Fantasy Battle when I did play, and, and my memories are like really, they're unreliable because I was, you know, like a literal kid and teenager when I played Warhammer Fantasy Battle last. But I remember like, I seem to remember building like a murder vampire to like walk, to like march with my like skeletons or whatever and like try to duel people with this like murder vampire that I had in there, just like kind of hiding out. And I remember like, you know, buying, like, the little distinct artifacts and, like, going through and, like, sort of building it. And this kind of harkens a little bit back to that, if I'm not mistaken. Like, but in a very sort of AOS-y way. Now, we're going to be talking tonight from a competitive viewpoint. Um, I think, obviously, like, this, there's a strength of, of Anvil of Apotheosis in terms of, like, hobby. Because, like, you can build your own little hero. And then narrative, I think, is where they kind of tuck that in the section of the, of the, of the GHB is you know, like, hey, write your story and, you know, really put sort of put your own spin on the table. But this is from a competitive standpoint. So I would consider myself team Anvil. Like, I'm, I consider myself te team team AOA. Like, I'm, I'm a fan. Like, I, I like it. I don't know where it fits in competitive play. I feel like it maybe doesn't fit there without, like, some some curating because there's some stuff in there that, like, I'm like, hey, I don't know if this should fly or, like, a minimum points for an Anvil of Apotheosis Hero is an idea I've heard spit around, so... So, uh, like you, that would that would be a great change, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, like buying some of those like sixty point buff like characters is just like ooh, like I don't, I don't know know about that, but um. Well, you'll um see my slides. I prepared a few heroes. Like I could have gone overboard and literally made like thirty heroes, but I kept it to three. <laughs> um, but you'll see a few examples there. Yeah, like those cheap little heroes. Um, the so, corn one's a big one for me. Do some really nutty stuff. Yeah, so I've actually pulled up the, the slide that Chat Gang uh, got up here. I don't know if you're watching Twitch or anything, but um, I've got what is Anvil of Apotheosis and why are we talking about it? So I think that's pretty pretty straightforward. What, you know, what is Anvil of Apotheosis in case people aren't totally familiar? We've kind of talked about it a little bit. But we haven't said what exactly it is, um, and why 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 now? Why are we talking about this? Cool. Um, so Anvil of Apotheosis. I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't have Twitch. I I can't read chat. And <laughs> talk to you at the same time it won't end well um but um anvil apotheosis is basically build your own hero um you're given a certain points limit so you can make two different heroes uh one's 20 points one's 40 points um basically you spend those points they give you predetermined values for everything um the discussion of itself i wonder if that's how gw make the heroes table but another discussion but um in but basically you spend your points Oh, yeah. Just as a quick aside, I don't know GW's system, and I don't really fully pretend to, but I did have some design side experience with, with Dungeons and & Dragons and, and some other stuff. With Dungeons & Dragons, there is essentially a class point allocation, and they rate certain abilities, like, okay, if you get, like, uh, class N races kind of like this, is, like, just sort of esoterically, they're like, this is, you know, if it has flying, that's, like, two of your 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 racial buy in you know if you have spell casting that's you know five of your and just so on and so forth so there is a, a system to that for with, with wizards of the coast i wouldn't be surprised if there's something like this with games workshop it's probably not a one-to-one -one with what we see in anvil apotheosis but i'd almost be certain there is at least in the initial sort of development 
Uh, what it ends up pointed as probably comes a little bit from like some R and D other side of stuff, but there is sort of like there's got to be. I I would think. I guess like um probably the takeaway I'd take from it is not necessarily the exact value, but how they value things. Oh, so for example, yeah. they they're, they're putting flies four points and destiny points, but ethereal's three. So it's like fly that much better than ethereal. Like I don't know, but it's just that you know what I'm saying. Like you know, moves one one point and a wounds two points, that sort of thing. Like is is that how they value? I think it's interesting to think about it, yeah it might actually kind of uh, glean a little bit of the sort of internal logic of of the company at the very least even if we don't know like a direct point by for a while i swore that they didn't factor in flying into into a model's cost whatsoever um this was influenced heavily by my perspective on like you know death and stuff like that like where you have like a, a vampire and you're like oh yeah you can just give it flying or it can have a mount and you're like that's the same point cost, and like they did that a lot with some of the stuff. Where like you can just, or like Grim Gas Reapers come out, like a whole, all a Night Hunt comes out, and you're like, they're all ethereal and they all fly, and you're looking at like you know, uh, Grim Gas, not Grim Gas Reapers, um, Chain Rasps next to skeletons at, at the same cost, and I'm like, you know, just kind of focusing in and trying to like squint really hard and see if I can determine the internal logic. But this is this actually does give us a little bit of a. Maybe a little bit of a, like a peek behind the curtain on on how, what they value. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And um, and you're right, the uh, the night haunt thing sort of throws that all out the window a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, but yeah. So so Anvil basically you got forty points. However many points you spend your time, that's by ten, and that's what your point value is. If you would have played in match play. Now is that is that the standard system they suggest? Because I know they talk all about destiny points, or is this what um, Sydney Slaughter did? No, no, this is um, the anvil. So when you get to the end, it basically says whatever many points you spend times by 10, and that's your point value for your hero. Pretty straightforward. So that's everything. Um, on the point you mentioned, though, um, I think I've got it on the next slide or one of the slides. Um, the Sydney Slaughter TOs have tried to balance the anvil a little bit. Um, so I think that's great. Um, yeah, on this, first, sure on this first slide, it says selection. It says destiny point changes. Uh, and so it's got some TOs yeah. commentary here. So, for example, Ethereal is normally four points. They so put it up to six, um, which I think is great because everyone's going to make a three-up Ethereal monster. So let's steal some points from that. From that. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they put some points on probably the, the biggest glaring, obvious broken thing in Anvil when you first look at it is the, the commander-command ability. Um, so that gives, you just get it for free, pick it for your hero, and you give a one-up save, holy within 18 to a unit in the combat phase, and it stacks. So they've made you pay three three points that instead of nothing. So I think that's that's a great change as well because I think that's going to get abused as you'll see in my list later. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the one of the big, I mean, that's that the stacking command abilities, and I don't think they were necessarily future proofing this, quote unquote, where they're like, oh, third edition's coming out in a year, people are still going to be playing with Anvil Apotheosis. I don't even know if that entered their mind because I hear we're not going to have stacking bonuses like that, but. Who knows? Uh, I don't pr profess to have any inside track on this kind of information. It's better to speculate than it is to know. Yeah, so... Um, oh, it's more fun, too. <laughs> yeah, it's way more fun. Like, way more fun to just, like, kind of get lost in your flights of fancy. Um, yeah, it, so I, I don't know if that ever factored in, but, like, that seemed even even without, hey, they're going to do this, like, just free plus one save, that, that felt a little a little potent. Yeah. Um, the the other thing was like minimum point cost. I just felt like there should have been a minimum point cost for like you bring an anvil apotheosis. One of the challenges mm -hmm. here, and I don't know if you addressed, I, I I don't 
I, I read through the slides, but I could have missed it. I don't think you addressed this. Did – oh, man, I lost the train of thought. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. Um, I've been cooking in no, the sun all day. Like, um, <laughs> did, the, did they address this? It was about the TOs. Did they address something? Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I, minimum brain, points, probably? Point Minimum points they didn't address. Um, no. And the other thing I was going to say – there we go. Vetting it. Vetting it seems to be one of the biggest challenges for anvil apotheosis. Being able, like, it's it's hard enough to check to make sure every battalion's legal when you're su list submitting. Making sure everyone built their anvil apotheosis, like hero. I I don't think dishonesty, but with without errors, uh, that is that's a ch that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm um, I'm not jealous of the TOs for that <laughs> one there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big week of work to get that checked. But, um, look, Chris, is he's a pretty smart cookie. He's the guy running it, and um, I'm sure he'll be all over it. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about that, actually. Yeah, right on, right but, on. Um, but, um, yeah, normally, like, yeah, that's, that's a big job. And um, and you can bring two two Anvil heroes in each list. So it's doubling your work again. So. Yeah, so now you got to check the list. <laughs> usually, usually battalions is a big sticking point. Uh, check the list, uh, check, and then check two Anvil. Uh, so it's you're allowed up to two? Um, are you told to bring two? How was how was that uh, uh, determined? Uh, so you can have zero. You can have two. So um, everyone's bringing two. You're... Got it. <laughs> oh, look! If you're if you're switched on, you'd be bringing two. Yeah. Um, you can have one up to two hundred points, or twenty destiny points, or and your second one can be up to four hundred. Um, but they can be they can both be forty points, for example, if that's what you wanted to do. There's no minimum. So I think yeah, I like that you've mentioned that because I think that could have definitely helped to bring something like that in. But um. But hey, it's all for, all for good fun. I'm, I can't wait to see some janky shit. Let's go. Right on, right on. Now, see, I mean, for me, there's like a sweet spot of Warhammer when it is being janky and weird, but also you're kind of like, you're locked in trying to like win. That's, you know, I I, I certainly try to like talk about Age of Sigmar in like a sort of holistic manner, um, but I make my skew towards competitive play pretty well known in, you know, I don't want to like hoodwink anybody. But for me, that sweet spot is like when the wacky, like meets the competitive and so this is kind of like kind of my jam right now and we do have a i do have a bit of a caveat and i think you've got a bit of a caveat to, to address a little bit later on um and uh one other thing about this slide here is there are no realm rules in play at this event uh terrain rules are all predetermined uh these are both very smart choices you're bringing anvil apotheosis you're already kind of like whipping a curveball into the sort of standard tournament format you're removing one layer of randomness essentially with realms, and then you're sort of dictating or normalizing the terrain rules. I think this is very smart, by the way. If you're going to throw Anvil of Apotheosis in, into a pack, I think it's important to kind of, like, curtail or to sort of strain out some of the other wackiness. Because, like, now you're getting into, like, systems that are never intended to interact, you know? What a lie to build on top of it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the next slide here. Uh, so, missions at Sydney Slaughter to provide some context. Pardon me. Um, so, most missions no. have limited points available. Uh, do you have your own slide show up, or do you, I'll just read through these real quick and we'll talk about it. Oh, whichever works for you, man. I can open it up as well. If you I'll just I'll just read through it. Uh, I don't want the upside down internet to to get mad at us. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, most missions have limited points available. Uh, if you can get on and control an objective with uh, hard shift to units, actually, um, maybe go through your points so I, so we understand what you're kind of 
you're kind of thinking here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably a better way to do it. Yeah. So basically, when you look at the pack, I think um, I think Chris and James. So that Theo's just one of Chris Welfer and James Mabry, um, two wonderful fellas, and um, and Chris does really well um, in events. Too. I'm sure he's won a couple, so um, they know what they're doing basically. And um, and I think Chris and James done a really good job choosing the mission um, when they're including the Anvil heroes because if you look at them, there's not really many bonus points available in any of them. Um, you've got um, Shifting Objectives, which gives you a battle line bonus point, and you've got Total Conquest for the last round is a leader point. So I think that's where my list will fall down. Um, but I like how they've limited the bonus points available, especially to leaders. And um, a lot of the missions are... The total of points available are quite limited. So, for example, the Escalation, it's, it's three points a turn. There's no bonuses, nothing. Just flat chat. And, um, and all your good shit's got to be at the back of the board. So, um, like, that that sort of choice, I think, is, is really good. And, and all the missions, I thought I think they've really thought them through. Um, I really like the missions they've picked. Forcing the Hand is an excellent, excellent um, sort of equalizer mission. Um, like, it just, it forces you to play Honest Warhammer um, without the lame, uh, you know, like, you can't deep strike, you can't have army rules. Like, so I, I like forcing the, forcing the Hand. Um Total commitment. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's um, I don't know what it's like in the US. I don't know if you guys had many tournaments, but um, since the GHP, you're basically seeing that in every pack now. Um, people really seem to enjoy the new total commitment in this GHP. So yeah, we seem to play that every pack these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of like um, uh, Place of Arcane Power was in every single pack I saw for like one entire calendar year. Um. And if it wasn't that, it was the uh, not uh, three. It was either three places of power or places of arcane power. It was one of those two. And uh, every turn, yeah, we always used to have um, always had knife to the heart, and it was only always round three, just to sort of split the pack up. But it seems that um, total commitment has sort of taken that place, which good. is interesting, good. I suppose. Good to have some different. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. Um, the like the way I, the the ways in which I've won knife to the heart have been utter jank. You know, like, and I, yeah, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> oh, it's always a teleport or like a summon and a deep strike. Uh, it was, it was a summon. Yeah, it was uh, it, uh, de- when I was running my death march list. Uh, I had a twenty. Uh, this is when flesh eater courts was still like super, super powerful. Uh, so I'd run a twenty block of 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 black knights and just like throw them at a at a gristle gore uh, flesh eater courts uh, uh, geist. and like I'm like you're going to kill fifteen of them. But the five that are alive are going to be triple... Uh, they're going to have, like, plus three attacks and double activate and basically nuke this thing. And I'm going to resummon them and just throw them again. And uh, that was... It's, like, the tool I had. So it's what I used. And uh, I, I played against a, a staunch cast list. So, like, little like, a little bit of, like, a retooled up sort of staunch cast list. And I just threw the 20 block at him. Uh, so they just kind of shattered on him, but they thinned out just his numbers just a little bit combined with some of my uh, sort of artillery fire. Oh. And then I had like fifteen hundred points on the home objective, just in little concentric circles, you know, like graveyard, and just and I'm like, you're never gonna take this, and uh, and I just like threw it at him, one, two, three, and then like, and then just like the last time, I just walked him up, surrounded him, I'm like, okay, it's mine, I win, and just like it's the jankiest way I've ever won. I'm like just one block of idiots just thrown headlong into this thing and they're like I, I yeah so yeah knife to the heart you see some jank with it and i think it's nice that it's kind of you know 
yeah, uh, I don't know. So we've, we've all played knife to the heart enough now. It's time for something. Yeah, it's time for something new. So yeah, a really, really smart pack. Uh, you're saying that this pack uh, favors like tanky, fast, lower drop control style lists. Um, and where that's does... just my opinion, opinion, but um, that's how I feel when you look at the missions, right? Just because you know, um, for example, escalation has not many points available. Um, you mentioned knife to force in the hand, whatever it's called. There's not that many points available. Um, shifting objectives. There's really not many points available. So if you can get on objectives and stay there for long enough, you've got it. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and that's why I've said things like chain chase and KO. I don't, I don't think they've really got a big shot because by the time they clear you out, it's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's going to be because because a lot of the missions, the objectives are all real, real close. You can't really teleport. Thank you. You don't do them, can you? Be blocked off. So right, right. But we'll see. All right, and then a, a few of the more out there heroes Anvil makes possible. So we we go into some of this here, and I'll let you kind of go through them. Okay, cool. So um, do you just want to put a bit of a um, a disclaimer on this one? So um, I've tried to include the command traits and artifact um, because I think it's important that you see the whole picture. Because um, at first glance, you might have a look and be like, "That's nothing special. Why, why is it so good?" So I've tried to put those on my few examples. Um, so you can, yeah, get a good understanding. Um, I haven't put everything up here. And I'm sure I've missed some. So um, if you if you thought of something or you've seen something crazy, like get on Twitter or whatever, send it to me. I'd love to see it because, yeah, I, I love janky shit. And um, <laughs> it doesn't get much more janky than this shit, does it? So um, I'm all aboard. Send it to me. Fantastic. Um, yeah, cool. Um, yep. And like I said, or we've said, this is, Sort of the last tournament um, for AOS 2 for us over here. Um, there's a few little ones, but the last big one, um, obviously with the new edition coming out, hopefully in a month or less. Um, I think it's an awesome way to send it off. Let's bring out all our jank. Let's have a bit of fun. Let's make our own heroes and, and have at it. Like, um, I don't think we should all be... Com- you know, it's the last tournament. Who wants to come in and try and smash people with the filthiest list? I don't think it's the, the time or the place for that now, so... That's yeah. fun. Yeah, and we kind of had. I, I know it's been a little bit different uh, down there, um, but up here we kind of had like a year that never happened for tournaments. You know, like a lot of our events. I know everywhere in the world sort of shut down uh, in various degrees, but but I, I remember seeing like Australia's like having a couple of us. We're like, what? And just like, what? They still, you know. So this this last year of all years, I think, is one of those where like you need to achieve ultimate catharsis, and how do we achieve ultimate catharsis with games being bonkers, right? Like just go over the top and i agree with you a great set way to send off 2.0 who knows if anvil of apotheosis will come back let's let's get a hurrah in right like um i have hopes personally that we see some version of this in, in 3.0 i'm seeing what what's going on with the monsters and i'm just like you know like <laughs> like my inner timmy doesn't come out very often but i'm like over the moon excited for some of the changes i'm seeing in 3.0 come through with like the teasers today um so. My uh, my big snappers my big snappers in the cupboard are uh, they're they're jiggling around silently, <laughs> <laughs> just like you hear the cupboard just rattling every now and then. <laughs> Ooh, some, somebody say monsters. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, all right. So, uh, so yeah, next uh, next slide here. Uh, so the first one we've got here is uh, Legion of the the First Prince, a Zinch based uh, uh, AOA uh, character. Yeah. Okay. So for my Look, the OBR character I've got next is up there, but um, for a whole army-wide, this is probably, apart from some cities list, this is probably the most busted list that I've, I've been able to come up with. Um, so I'll go through and explain it a little bit. So, it's yeah, it's a Zinch-based list. Um, it's Legion of the First Prince. 
Um, so if you don't know what that does, um, basically gives your whole army. Got to be got to be chaos demons. Uh, your whole army gets a six-up after save. Doesn't need to be near hero or anything. Gets it. Um, you um, at the end of every movement phase, you roll three d6, and if your roll is ten or more, you get to summon um, a unit based on whatever your chaos uh, mark is, the corn, zinch, whatever. Um, so basically, if you in, in this list, if you roll a ten or above, you get five free picks. Put them on the table. Here you go. Um, which obviously is pretty mental. And when you combine it with the other stuff you can do here, it's um, yeah, it's pretty broken here. Just have you know what is it? Uh, Twenty-five free wounds. Go for it. Mm. So and it'll, and then all your blues and your brims get a six-up after saving first prince. So that's like adding another four wounds on top again. So twenty-nine wounds. Just have it. <laughs> so I think it's pretty. I think uh, first prince. There's definitely some legs there. Mm. Um, really excited to see what happens actually with the generic battalions because first prince didn't get any battalions for whatever reason. Um, and um, some battalions where you, they've got two really bonkers artifacts. So if you get a battalion in there, they're going to be off. Just kiss. I'm excited. Right on. Um, but anyway, to go into this list, uh, this this hero. So he's a 400 point hero. Um, I've basically tried to make him as survivable as I can while still dishing out a little bit of damage. Um, so he's 16 wounds. He has a three up ethereal save. That's okay. Um, he. He has an artifact in First Prince that lets you re-roll all saves. Only in melee, but re-roll all saves. So you want a 3-up or 3 or re-rolling all saves. Pretty good. And then you make him your general, and his command trait is a 5-up after save. So good luck trying to kill that fella, because I don't think you're going to have much luck. <laughs> right, right. Um, and basically the idea behind this fella is you launch him forward, um, sit him on an objective, he's summoning pinks. Uh, I've made him a wizard in the anvil. Uh, one of the spells is raised dead. Uh, so it goes off on a six, pick a unit within 12, and brings D3 back. So you've got a unit of pinks. Um, you might have Bellicor sit next to him. Your opponent might try to ping a few wounds off Bellicor. He's got a four up uh, bodyguard save. He palms it off to the pinks. Two pinks die. Um, you roll your banner. You might roll a one, get pinks back. You might not. But then uh, you use the spell, and your pinks come right back. So cool little combo in there. Um, these, are, these are death shenanigans really like. that I really appreciate. <laughs> sure. oh, it's, um, it's funny you sort of see the removal of these um, you know bring back and return model spells and it's like here Anvil just have one <laughs> for nothing <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah you've got that um, so basically you've got an unkillable hero he's going to sit on a point he's going to bring pinks back he's going to summon pinks um, his damage he's probably going to average you know 8 to 10 damage against a 4 up save so it's not nothing um yeah, he'll slap there around. He'll slap around their like support hero if he needs to, right? Um, oh, if they try to come and take it off him, they're going to bounce off him, do zero damage, kill stuff back. So, right. um, and the other janky thing about Anvil is when you build your hero, you can put whatever base you want on it. So, um, I'm hoping no one abuses that. Um, I've put an appropriate base on my heroes. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, <laughs> but if you really wanted to, you could just put a put him on an Archeon size base, right, and then. You have to charge him to get the point, and he takes up most of the point. And um, yeah, that, so that could be pretty pretty dirty. I hope no one abuses that, but that's hard to check before people rock up, isn't it? So it's a bit well, of good faith. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's where something like you'd write it in your pack for Anvil Apotheosis, like you know, heroes should be on appropriate size base for the models or some such. But you know, appropriate size is open to interpretation, so you'd actually have to say the threshold for maybe the wound count or something like that. Like if it's on a mount, you'd have to say, right? 
Yeah, uh, there is nothing in this pack about that. So um, it is a bit of good faith. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, I can't wait. Most of the people go on a good bloke, so we should, we should be right. <laughs> I, I I actually I'm hoping for like the absurdity. Like I want I wanted to like rock up on the like uh, on the uh, uh, like uh, a base the the full pie plate like the Nagash like just let's go. <laughs> Dude, like if you wanted to, you could just bring a six inch base, take the whole objective. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny dude in the middle of it and be like, come take it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right on, right on. And then uh, you've got a little uh, su- sort of support hero here with him. I had a little bit of fun with this one because um, I've got a Sail the Faithless model that um, sadly no longer exists. So I've um, titled it Sail the Forgotten um, because the poor little bug has been left behind. Well, see, this is a brilliant um, use of, of Anvil of Apotheosis is sort of like necroing one of your, uh, one of your old um, awesome characters. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I, I love that model. I reckon it's a great model. Um, it's sad to see it go. I still use it in some games, like a, a Sorcerer Lord occasionally, mm-hmm. or sometimes it sits on my War Shrine. But, um, but yeah, you're right. This is a good way to all those old you know, heroes that got, I've got a, out. I've got my generic, Ooh. unique uh, uh, Necromancer ready for my Soul Blight uh, Grave Lords. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That's it. Yeah, so that's, you're right. That's a really cool thing of Anvil is you can bring back all those old, old characters. Um, I saw it a bit too late, but I would have really loved to use like Tamrakan. Um, use him as an anvil hero and bring him back. Cause oh, Tamrakan's I, I, I horde. Yeah, yeah his, his battalion's still around, isn't it? But he's not. Or no, that was the was army. It, really? it was an army, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. He had his own army. Yeah, yeah he had his own army. Tamrakan's horde. That's right. Yeah. Rip Tamrakan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you brought back Sail. Um... And um, another spell that Anvil gives you because Anvil isn't good enough, is uh, it's called, well, I've called it Vengeance of Tamarakan. Just a little thing in there, as you can see, bringing up the big boy. Um, I can't remember what its generic name is, but anyway, what it does is um, off on a 7, unit within 12, D3 mortal wounds, and neg 1 save rolls. So in um, in first prints, I think, especially you know when you've got pink horrors that are putting out, a unit of 10 pinks is 30 shots, and 4s and 4s if they get their spell. And if you take a neg one off their save, that that sort of thing is really going to start to add up, isn't it? So this is um, this is the kind of spell I would love to see just around in the game. Now, um, Grashrek has something similar to this, right? Um, it's minus one or plus one to hit it. I don't I don't remember if it does the D three mortals though. I, I I love stuff like this. Like I think like um, especially since we're kind of moving into uh, like a new design space with not not stacking buffs and debuffs, having like buffs or debuffs on a spell and then like having it do just that one extra sort of thing like whether it's mortals or uh you know like if you zap something for some damage and then you get a bonus movement or i really like the design space of stuff like this this is something where i'm like i would love this to be a lore spell and pick a battle tome yeah but it's good it's it's really good um and you think oh it's a 12 inch cast on a seven that's hard to cast Mm -hmm. that's when you can start to build the list around it and how, how can we make that better um so and and to be a point, this guy's fifty points. He's fifty points. He can he can do the summon thing, so he can summon five pinks. He can heal things. He can he's got this spell. Can, and um, when we put the list around it, like for fifty points, it's pretty mental. Yeah. Um. So right. this is an example of something I might run. Um. Obviously, you got to put Bellacor in. Um. You put a Kairos in. Um. So then you're going to add some some control more control. Um. You're going to add some ranged firepower. So you've obviously got a six mortal wound spell. You chuck your portals in. That's got a big range. Um, 
Another really cool thing about Kairos that I don't see people use enough is he can cast spells with friendly wizards around him. Um, so Kairos could cast this. The seven to cast, obviously, half the time it goes off. But um, when you've got Kairos rolling it with his um, Master of Magic ability, then it becomes a lot more reliable, doesn't it, if you really need that Negwan to save. That's right. That's right. Really. Um, the next thing I'd probably throw in would be like a Blue Scribe. So then Kairos is re-rolling all his spells. This fella can re-roll his spell. Your other big anvil hero that I talked about, he can re-roll his spell. Um, so now you're really starting to get some, some gas going, right? Um, and if you want to go full hero hammer, I'd chuck in a change caster, maybe a Bale Wind as well. Um, <laughs> so you've got your D6 Mortal Wound spell off him, get up to 24 on the Bale Wind, um, and if you cast a 9+, plus, it gets to cast another spell. So... Um, and, you're and, really starting to stack it up there. And you're just playing like an old school board control attrition army that's just, it's going to stick. And I, I like that. That's, I mean, I secretly. Uh, sort of. Um, go ahead. Oh, it's just what I've leaned into because of the pack. So most of my lists have been sort of, and heroes have been built in this way just because of the pack. Yeah, right on. Right on. Is there, um, a, I, yeah, like so this, that... I like this little note at the bottom. Is there a list with more control and wounds in the game? <laughs> a philosophical oh, question it... to people. Well, if you think about it, you're going to put, you know, probably two two units of pinks, maybe throw some, some plague bearers in there, just to surround your backfield hero. Um, and and you, you, there's so much healing and summoning in this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of Bellacore, you know, shutting someone down for a turn. Um, God, I'd... I wouldn't want to play against this. It would be no fun, and I don't think you'd have much chance of winning. So, uh, it's filthy, very filthy. Yeah, right on. Oh, the name here on this next one, the Mephisto special. <laughs> so, yes, uh, yes. Uh, confession is, um... time. Uh, my my uh, my ruling on on Anvil of Apotheosis was one hundred percent centered around the fact that I could finally make uh, like the OBR foot heroes that the army deserved. And uh, so I'm I'm really happy that that you have a you have appeased me tonight. <laughs> Mate, this this hero is completely fucked. Um, like, if you ever want to play Hero Hammer with like you know people like oh my little foot hero should be really good in combat like. <laughs> right, right. This, this is the build for you. Right. Um, so there's a fair few layers to this one, so we'll, we'll run through it. Um, so I've gone with a a white dwarf OBR hero, so. Um, G-dubs have been releasing white dwarves that have been adding on to Anvil. Um, one of the big problems, I guess, with original Anvil is a lot of characters or heroes are missing the keywords the army needs to, to really be able to use them, mm-hmm. um, which I'll touch on in more depth later. But, um, but basically, yeah, it, it killed a lot of armies being really able to use, use Anvil. So I think they've tried to fix that with white dwarf. So... About, about two months ago, I think they put a, a white dwarf out where they um, allowed you to build fact heroes and OBR heroes in it uh, with the right keywords you need. Um, and the, the TOs have allowed all the, the Anvil white dwarfs in this tournament too. Really cool. Um, so that's where I've gone. So if you if you see some things on here that don't make any sense, it's because they're probably from the white dwarf uh, with their OBR Anvil in it. So let's go through it. So um, you've got a, a Liege Cavalos. Um, I've put him up on a tiny little mount. Um, because you get a cool bonus you'll see later on from that. Um, I've put it inside Nalmyriad um, for one very specific reason, um, and that would be this artifact. So I think before we go into it, we need to, to run over the, this artifact. The, 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 we- the weapon, right? The Baleful Blade. Yeah. 
So how this works, uh, pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Do not make save rolls for attacks made with that weapon. And wounds inflicted by that weapon cannot be negated when they are allocated to a model. So basically that means you can't roll save against it and you don't have an after save or feel no pain against it either. So whatever whatever wound rolls are successful, that damage is straight through. You can't do a thing about it. So what's great about um, this, this this artifact is you look at you look at it and you look at the Ossiarch Bone Reaper's battle tome and then you look at your hero selections and you go, aww. <laughs> Yep. So you've yep. fixed you that. Very sad. <laughs> so you've fixed that. Oh, have, have I fixed that? So let's run through this. Um, so one of the new things in this uh, White Dwarf is you can um, give it um, a Natterite Spear, um, and you can pay double points for the weapon, and you get double the attack. So it starts with three attacks. That gets us up to six attacks now. Um, what you can then do is the character building section, you can buy extra attacks for your weapon and damage. So I've got him up to nine attacks now, just base. Um, because it's a Natterite weapon, he's six to hit explode. Awesome. Um, I spent points to give uh, hit and wound. So he's hitting on twos and wounding on twos because we want as many thrills as possible. Um, as we went through with the weapon, rend means nothing because it all goes straight through. So you don't need any rend. Um, that's not important. Um, and then um, what I've done is because I put him on the mount, um, there's a nice little well, ability he's there. he's damaged four. Down. <laughs> you made the win. He's nine attacks. So at the moment, we're on nine attacks. We're hitting on twos, wounding on twos. Your sixes to hit explode and damage four. Um, if you charge them with this ride them down ability for for one destiny point, so ten points, you add one to the damage of your of your melee weapon. So now we're up to damage five. Um, because he's a liege cavalos, he gets access to the endless duty command ability. Um, so now we're up to ten attacks, right? Um, so as you can see underneath the description there, I've put a little table that I've made up in Satama of the average damage that this fella does. Um, so this is with no other buffs, just what's on his war scroll. Um, so you're averaging over 40 damage just from that, right? Um, so that's going to kill, you know, 95% of everything in the game without much trouble. Um, he's not that slow. He still moves eight inches because he's up on that little mount. And you can plus um, three him. So he's going to get where he wants to go. You can plus three him because of your your generic um, uh, your generic RDP ability. So you can he's a move eleven. Um, can't reroll charges so... though. But <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Poor OBR. Um, yep. So that's that's base now. Um, inside OBR, there's a, there's a few things. Um, few things we can do on top of this just in case you know 40 something damage isn't enough for you um we can bring i think it's the bone shaper right that gives you reroll ones to hit uh, right? uh it's a spell um there's a couple ways to do it uh you're either going to get your spell it's rerolling wounds on your uh mason yep and um i don't know you I might know you might be right oh i'm gonna pretend you're right for now so you get you you can spend a CP if you want to. You can get the reroll once. Oh, I suppose you can't grab But anyway, you get reroll once to hit from somewhere. Um, there, there's an abundance of reroll got... rerolls uh, once to hit in in this army. There's there's just a, a billion ways to get it. Yeah, and the other thing that I found was um, you've got the empower Natterite weapon spell. So then you're exploding on uh, on five on five fours on their so... spears, but I don't think that stacks with this particular spear. Oh, well. My bad. I thought the way I read, it, I thought it, but I must. Have it it might be anyway. it might be fours on the spear because you switched his weapon to a natterite spear, and spears are the ones that explode better. So they're exploding. Up. Um, the it's just what's in the anvil. So in the anvil, it just says explodes on. 
Okay. All right. I don't know if that affects your spell at all, but um, let's just say it does for the purpose of this. Um, if they, so if... you're exploding on fires. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Exploding on fires, reeling once a hit. So your damage is all of a sudden it's jumped up to 55, 60. It's so the, it's... I think at that point you... Go ahead. Yeah. It's the Soul Mason that has the re-rolling once, which is what I thought it was. So, um, And that's cool. the yeah Soul Guide. That's the one you can chain cast. Yeah, so it's your Soul Mason. Um, <clears throat> yeah, go on. Sorry. But, uh, but yeah, at, at this point, we're up to, what, 55, 60, 65 damage. So at that point, <laughs> I think you are killing <laughs> any unit in the game. Um, so, you know, if you want to make a little hero and be the hero of your own and story, then uh, then this is the army in the build for you. I don't know if you you've uh, you've heard about like uh, my journey through hobby, but uh, the joke goes that I have a character named X because when I was building Osiric Bone Reapers, when I first received it, uh, when I first bought it, uh, you know, however long ago it was, actually X is right here. Um, uh, so how he's got oh, the, uh, the 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 sword like dragging behind him like pyramid head. I'm like, I looked at him, I'm like, man, it looks like he's going to give it to you. Like, X going to give it to you. So I named this character X. You've just created X, is basically... Uh... Uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> that's going to have more meaning now, too, since the poor fellow's gone. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, he, he's great. He, gone but not forgotten. You know, rip, rip DMX, man. Um, yeah, so... So there's X. Uh, he's just gone on to become a, 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 a Liege Cavalos hero. Uh, in our hearts and minds. Yeah, so don't don't go near X um, if you're <laughs> playing against Meth. <laughs> but um, then you, and you look at it, and you're like, well, he's seven wounds on a four-up save. Like he's just going to get shot off or die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we start to look in, inside the army and say, well, what can we do to fix that and change that and make sure he doesn't die? And um, and OBR have some pretty bonkers stuff to do that. Um, so as you can see here, um, there's a, a unit inside the OBR battle tome called a Mortis Guard. Um, and basically, they're just a bodyguard, kind of like Thoris Guard you've probably seen in Seraphon. Um, whenever he's going to take a wound on a two-up before you give it to him, um, you can give it to, to the bodyguard instead. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you start palming those wounds off, keep them near him. They're, they've got an eight-inch reef, I'm pretty sure. Or is it five, and then you make it eight? I can't remember. Oh, but sure. um, they're going to run. They're not that good in combat, so you're just going to run them and keep them up with him so they keep the drug. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna eat anything that tries to kill him, basically. So that's where you're getting your survivability from. He's he's getting close to immortal, I reckon. Um, obviously, you've got um, one of your soul dudes heals three wounds a turn, so you can do that. Um, the build that I like that I would take this in is take a, a shitload of mortec around it with a harvester. So if it's, if it's close enough to your harvester, then you can just whenever your your mortec die, you can heal up the hero instead if he's getting close to death, if you like. Um, and the other thing um, is the I really like the Immortus Guard Battalion. Um, so what that is is two units of Immortus Guard, a unit of Morgast Archive, which uh, you attack obviously, and for eighty points, um, what it gives you is when that wound is passed off to the Immortus Guard on a five up, it's just completely negated and gone instead of going to them. So that's adding quite a lot of survivability um, as well to your Immortus Guards so that can hang around a bit longer and keep topping your hero up. Um, so I really like that little build in there too. Um, we've got the Archive. Arch- like obviously, they're not great, but um, they're not terrible. So they're still going to do a they're, job for you. I believe they're Ren 2 if you, you throw the you throw the uh, spears on them. They're the halberds on them. They're Ren 2. Like they're, you can just... 
they become a missile. That's how I've always played Morgas. Is like they're just a missile. You point at something and you send them at it, and then you know you're, you've got tired. They're fast enough. I think they they might be flying ten. It's been a while since I've run them. I think they're flying ten. Um, so like Harbingers are better because they've got that three d six charge. But um, Arkai, you just you point at the the problem derpy like battle line someplace that your opponent's not super protecting. They're gonna take it out, right? So they they're you can get their points back if you're smart with them, and that's really the best you can hope for. I just, I just don't like the answer to that swing. Like they're what, they're like two attacks and like three or four damage. It's like you just, you miss, you roll one hit, and then you have the wound roll, it's like a two and you roll a one, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're bringing, uh, if you're bringing the screaming skulls, you can get them a plus one to hit though. So, and you're chain, oh, yeah? and you're chain gunning the soul masons, uh, re-rolling ones. So they're re-rolling ones with a plus one to hit, because the uh, soul mason has the ability when it. When it go when it ha- it can cast a spell, you roll and then you can get multiple casts of it. So you can you know you're gonna give it to X because X is gonna give it to you. Um, you're gonna give it to your archive <laughs> and then you're gonna give it to your like fatty block of more tech guard or whatever you're you're bringing. Yeah, yeah. So oh, obviously you can make it more okay then. Um, the other thing the battalion um, gives the archive as well is they get they also get the bodyguard drug the immortals have. So if worst comes to worst, you can just use it to soak wounds for your for X. <laughs> I like, yeah, cool. Um, no, I, I I love this. This is uh, you, <laughs> this is great. I I miss this in the white dwarf, I suppose. Um, and uh, so now X actually exists forever. Um, uh, I'm gonna model X now. <laughs> um, so then you say, okay, cool. I can shrug wounds off at the occasional wounds we're gonna get through, or spells. What's he gonna do about spells? Um, so that's when he's inside now, Myriad. We just get these sweet spell rules for no reason. So. Basically, uh, what now Marriott gives you is when someone, when you're affected by a spell around the spell on a five up, doesn't happen. Um, for a command point or a relentless discipline point, it's on a two up. So you know who's going to be throwing spells at this guy when on a two up it just doesn't happen. So you get clo- as close as you can get to spell immunity there. Um, and the command trait in now Myriad is they want to hit melee. So. Um, He's killing anything, and he's really not dying. So if you want to play Hero Hammer, like this is, yeah, it'd probably just be a lot of fun to play. I see. I, yeah, no, I see. I, I don't know where where Hero Hammer got the like the negative connotation it did, but I miss it a little bit. Like I'm like, you know, I like monster trucks and heroes. Like I I want to play like oh, yeah, man. You know, like I want to play with monster trucks and heroes, and like, and you know, bodies intrinsically have value as bodies for capturing. So to me, they don't need to be super aggressive in terms of everything else, which is like the opposite of what has happened. Like you look, we look for like the highest quality of body to buff up and just throw in because then they have their intrinsic value of board control and capturing and bring back Hero Hammer, man. Give me monster trucks, monsters, and give me like heroes that will smite those monsters and just smash them into each other while I make like explosion noises with my mouth. Like <laughs> Like that's beautiful. What, <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I love. That's what I'm happiest. Like I, I do as you know, an MTG, I'm a control player, so I do like control. But control is honestly part of it's just a mindset. How do you view the game? You know, you view it in terms of resources and and uh, and the and the the board control, right? Like it's a part of it's that. Like everything becomes control with a certain mindset. You know, uh, I, I like to use this analogy in Magic: The Gathering that people don't realize is like, would you tap a character? You know, to get them to attack you, you're now you start thinking about control, right? Like now you're getting them to tap out. Like there's control's a mindset, man. Like 
Uh, <laughs> did you ever play Hearthstone? Uh, I I did briefly. I didn't like the sort of pay-to-win aspects of it later on. As, like if you weren't, yeah, if yeah. you missed a season, it started to feel like you had to pay to get back into the season, and I I hated that. But but yeah, yeah I, I played it from the start, and that's sort of when I stopped playing. Um, when that happened, but um, I was a big control player in Hearthstone, so I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Um, it's definitely how I think too. I love it. Yeah. And um, and Warhammer is all about monsters. Like, like what? What are you? you you're doing it wrong if you're not playing with the monsters. Like, that's the most fun thing in the game. Every list I run has a monster. Yeah. Um, my whole aim is to make monsters as good as possible. So most lists I run have Archeon in it and uh, just make that dude as good as he can be and go fuck shit up. So um, it's um, it's a bit of a shame. Like like you said, uh, I think a lot of the, the way the rules for AOS 2 are written really don't favor them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you see what you said, big blobs of shit getting buffed up with support heroes and sent forward because that, the rules are written in a way that that's the best thing. We, um, so three point um, oh, we might be today was yeah. Go on, go go. Yeah. On. No, finish your point. I think this is where you were going. I, I just cut you off. Oh yeah, I was just saying. Um, obviously, the rules preview today is interesting. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that it's going to add a lot of bloat, and um, and some people and some armies have already struggle to finish games in time. So I'm a little bit concerned there. Hopefully, it gets that gets fixed in other parts of the game. But um, but yeah, that's it's, this is a big chance really to to fix it, and make monsters great again. So let's go. Yeah, if if they can, if they, I mean, speed up movement and uh, speed deployment movement and piling in, those are the things that are always going to take you the most time. Obviously, rolling piles and piles of dice, you can improve most of that stuff pretty, pretty consistently. But piling in is the one I find just. Yeah. There's really no way to super improve piling in apart from running fewer models and shortcutting in ways that are not technically the most legal, right? Like, if you're on your racks, you stay on your racks, you just kind of tip them and go, there you go, right? Like, there's and, ways. Um, it's, yeah, go ahead. It's just going to be awkward sometimes too, right? Because the start of the game, you're like, whatever, but then it gets to that one combat and it's like, this is going to decide the this, game. Yep, yeah. So I want to make sure you're only getting the right amount in and it's yep. yep. that's really grunge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard, but like, that's where like, if we go to that one, what was it, that one month, that one glorious month at the beginning of AOS 2.0 where they had the actual perfect pile-in rules and then they FAQ'd them to be worse. Does everyone remember this? Oh, I, I remember I, this. I don't remember. You don't remember. They actually said when it was, you know, closer, you know, the before we got the, like, model-locked thing, you could just pile in towards a model of your choosing. And they're like, wait, no. Closest model. They changed the language. And I'm like, no! Uh. <laughs> like, for one <laughs> glorious month. Before that FAQ that came That would up. change a lot. And th- that's it. That's all it would take. Because rather than having to sit there with the little finicky, like, am I closer to that guy or that guy? Uh, now I have to worry about coherency. And so I'm going to pile in like a quarter of an inch that way just so I maintain my coherency while my forces end up split out this way. Like, just if you can pile in towards stuff, just do it. You know, like, there you go. You, If you can play with the little pool cue thing, like you're a general in like a <laughs> colonial war. Where you just like you sit back with a snifter of brandy, swirling it, and you push your dudes forward into into combat. Boom! You're going to speed up the game to allow for some of the rules bloat elsewhere, because now you're making decisions is way more fun than measuring. So like, I don't uh, mind the bloat on the side of the measuring. It's the or I'm sorry, I don't mind the bloat on the side of the rules. It's the bloat on the side of the finicky bullshit, like. Get rid of- um, I'm just thinking in my head. You know, there's that one guy. He's like, he's got two. He's got one, two decisions to make. He can go one way or the other, and he sits there for five minutes, going, "Hmm, oh, 
No, um, uh, now he's got four decisions. Now it's like, oh shit! Now what am I gonna? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I guess you do get some decision bloat there too. Um, but my point stands. Dang it! I think monster actions are cool, dude. So I'm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, yeah. As long as they can keep, you know, control game time elsewhere, I guess. Then right. I'm, I'm all for it. Right. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm feel sorry for those poor armies. Probably like you as an OBR player, you really need to get to that turn five to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So as long as we can get to that turn five. We're good. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, so I lo- I love this hero. This hero is great. This is th- I'm gonna say objectively, this is the best hero, uh, <laughs> in Warhammer. <laughs> uh, if this guy exists in the game, bro, like imagine imagine the raid. Like, what is this? Fucking got trick two point <laughs> But he can get there with with the uh, eight, sometimes eleven. You mean that you're talking about sometimes turn one with aggressive deployments on both sides. But turn two, you're in the game, right? Instead of turn three, which is sort of like the pivotal turn, you're already, you know, you've taken a piece off. You can go, move to take a second piece off. So, well, if you think cool. most missions these days are eighteen inches, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah, you probably put him on the line and put bodyguards next to him, so you're seven away. Yeah, you're, you're laughing most half the time. You're there. Let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so your list and two anvil heroes. So I, I like that you're you're throwing this out here. There's some stakes too, so like I feel like you're kind of calling your shot Babe Ruth style with the, uh, the this is my list, let's go. Oh, look, mate. Um, <laughs> I've 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 done pretty well for myself um, in this season of, of of Masters, so there's really nothing left for me to play for. Basically, I'm just here for a good time, um, and to and to play my bone splitters because I've never pulled them out. They've I've used them in my big war quite a bit. Um, but they've just stayed on the shelf because I just they're just not quite there. They're just missing a little bit for me to really I'm I'm a competitive player, that's that's how I see Sigma. Um and I it wouldn't be fun for me to sit there and go like two, three because my army sucks basically. Mm-hmm. Um so they're just, just missing that one thing and I think this anvil hero is just what they need. Um so that's why I'm happy to pull them out and give them a run on the table, basically. Cool. Right on. Um so I'm here for a good time. I'll definitely try and win. because um, that's that's what I enjoy. Uh, the competition, but um, yeah, but yeah. If you want to study my list, I will tell you all my secrets. Then, <laughs> well, be why if, don't you give... if you lose, it makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you give a rundown for uh, for chat gang here? What's your what's your list? Your list and why is this hero like the stuff? Why has it got the sauce? Cool. Um, so, so I think it's important to have a little thing about bone splitters before I go into that. So, bone splitters as an army. Um, one of their big selling points is they've got their five-inch pre-game move and they get a bonus against monsters. Um, you can pick one of three things. You get a bonus three inches extra to your pile-in. Um, you get sixes to wound or a mortal wound. And I think it's plus one to hit or something like that. I can't remember the last one. Um, but basically, so you, so you do a ride against monsters. Um, and you've got a shitload of bodies and wounds. Um, they've probably, I think they're the second or third cheapest wound the, the points ratio in the game on their, their Savage Orcs. Um, so you've got the bodies, you've got the wounds, you've got the bonuses. They're, they're, pre- they're really lacking damage or that real big hammer. They're um, they're deceptively quick too. I've had games as Bone Reapers against them where like it's with enough objectives on the table, it's just it's just a washing machine in a circle and I can barely catch them and it's often too late if, you know, the, like you said, like we need that, we need turn five to win with OBR. OBR is basically, it's just no tricks, just fists. Like, it is fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. You set a plan in motion, you execute, and if you execute well, 
and get the time to really like see it come to fruition, you win games. Like that's I actually love that's one of the things I love about OBR. But like a KG player on on an army with with a proper built list of bone splitters on the wrong battle plan, you're just you can't you almost can't beat them. If you're not bringing catapults, if you're bringing catapults, is a different story. <laughs> but <clears throat> catapults, man. Uh, <laughs> big asterisk. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so yeah, uh, bonus bonus also have some deceptive speed. I think is it's that pre move, but then they also kind of churn around the table. They've got a couple good spells where they just like. Oh, uh, they've probably got the best. I think the best movement spell in the game, in my opinion. Um, just, if you don't know, it's Breath of Gorkamoka. Goes off on a six. Um, it's successful. Pick a unit wholly within 24 inches, so it's very generous on the range. Um, and that unit can can double move and fly if you roll doubles on the dice, so two fives. Um, it's triple move and fly. Um, so I normally run Big Wilder. That's the mo- that's the list I've run the most in the game. I love it. There's so much you can do there. I love my orc. But basically, there's been games where I've got that triple on the rogue idol. And you've got a ability called Mighty Destroyers, which gives you a hero phase move. So he goes from 10 to 30 inches, and he flies. So basically, he can cover 60 inches of the table in, in a turn. Um, so you could basically go for the touchdown if you wanted to. You could go the whole length of the table. So um, <laughs> when people see that triple on the dice on the rogue idle, uh yeah, you can see the terror on their faces, man. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it directly myself. Uh... <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> uh, I... Um, remember a specific game I was playing at um, SAGT um, a couple of years back against a guy called Michael Clark and um, he he thought he'd hidden his Iron Drakes well enough from me. Um, he measured it. They're, they're like 40-something inches away. He's not going to get there. And um, out comes the triple and the rogue idol goes and says hello to his Iron Drakes on turn one. So he was not very happy about that. <laughs> that was that was my experience. Uh, I had my thin block of uh, more tech guard with the... Uh, with the uh, so I usually go a 20 block with a bone shaper, right? Which against most stuff in the heyday of Petrifax Elite, gonna that's that's good. That's a grinder. It, it can, you know, out efficiency most stuff. And even the rogue the rogue idol turned into like a like a little bit of a like a slobber knocker. But like then the shooting support came in, and then it like. But I, I wasn't counting on getting stuck basically in my deployment on that corner over here on like a stair step deployment, and he just like. Noom, like and just diagonal across the table, like he he did, like he <laughs> yeah, like fit, like the, <laughs> like just pew. I'm like, all right, man. Like I, like I'm not even mad at that point. I'm just like, all right, dude. Like all right. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a big problem. And who's gonna? Most people take two or three turns to kill him, and by that point, the rest of the army's moved on the objectives, and you've won. So well, that, I mean um, that, and that's exactly it with OBR, which is a pretty slow army. It's like, well, you just you just stop me. That unit was supposed to move two turns, and now it's not in the game for two turns, and like it drags down the road, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, like, all right, man. Like, good game. Like, <laughs> like handshake. <laughs> uh, I I'm not mad. Yes, yeah, so... I, I like the wacky though. Bring it on. <clears throat> oh, well, this is. This is a weird list. Uh, I'm sure most people would have seen something like this or played even Bone Grins, Bone Splitters anyway. So um, we'll, we'll give it a good rundown. Um, so speaking of, you know, I think this Bone Splitters is missing a big sort of survivable um, hammer. He's a bit of a hammer. He doesn't hit super hard, but um, this list doesn't isn't about damage. It doesn't need damage. Um, but I think the Rogue Idol, it's just not quite there anymore, especially not in Big War when you're not chucking the, the War China in. He really needs that plus one damage. Mm-hmm. Um really be scary enough for people to have to worry about and, and getting on the twos and twos as well. Um, 
really changes that rogue idol. So um, I think in bonus splitters, it's just not quite good enough for its point. It's a bit too much. Um, and the big stabbers in this meta, you, you can't run stabbers. They, they, they disappear, and um, that's a big chunk of your points, and your whole army's built around buffing them. And they, they go on turn one, and then your army falls apart. So unfortunately, they, they're, they're waiting in the cupboard for 3.0. Um, so I think this this anvil hero is exactly what a bone split is, specifically a bone green bone split is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll run through why now. So built in basically to be as survivable as possible. So I've given him sixteen wound, uh, three up ethereal. Um, there's a really sweet artifact in bone splitters. Um, so bone splitters have a six up after save army wide. Um, the paint save. There's an artif- What's that? Sorry. It's the paint save. They they uh, they've got their war paint. Uh, their six up. The, the war paint save, baby. <laughs> There's naked little ass cheeks that clapping together hard enough. and um, <laughs> So there's an artifact basically that turns that into a four-up after save, um, which is obviously pretty insane. Really, really good. Um, especially when you're ethereal on top. Like it's, He's going to die, but it's going to take a long time to get through him. Hopefully. We'll see. Right. Um, so the idea behind this guy is... Oh, some of the other stuff he's got. Um, one of the cool little texts I found... Um, was you can make this guy, I think it's called Inspiring in Anvil. Um, so basically, units wholly within 12 of him, um, they get to use his bravery instead of their own. Um, and that's one of the big issues with um, Savage Orcs is shit's going to die and they're bravery 5. Um, so basically, what he's giving is just a plus 2 bravery because the hero base comes with 7 bravery. Just giving plus 2 bravery to my frontline units so when they start to die, they're not going to run away as much. Because um, every guy that runs away, that's 2 wounds gone. So it's, it hurts a bit. Um, Orcs. So I like that little bit of tech. Um, he's just got to be, he's, he's, it's inside Bone Grin. Um, probably should have said that earlier, but Bone Grin's basically the start of your charge phase. I think it's important to mention it at the start of. Um, if you can, if you're within 12 inches of one of my units, you have to charge it. And if that charge roll is successful, you have to charge it. Um, obviously, you can choose which unit you charge within that 12 inches if there's more than one, but you have to do the charge. So the idea behind this guy is he's my turn one missile. I send him as far up the board as I can and towards your units that I want him to, to be tied up with um, so you can't get them to where you want to go and um, charges them or just runs and gets as close as he can and then in your turn, uh, you have to charge him and then you're locked up with him. Um, sort of the plan there uh, with him and then that, that gives you enough time to get the rest of the army in the position where you need it to be. Um you know, I haven't put fly on this war scroll because um, there's a fly spell in bone splitters so that gives me enough points to put in other areas, make him more survivable, um, do a little bit more damage, etc. Um, so he's still doing, I think it was when I did the masses, like 12, 14 damage. Um, maybe leaving a little bit more. So um, you can't ignore him. And, and even shit that charges him, he's going to turn around and nearly kill them back. So um, he's a handy little hero. Um, I've given him the, the Neg 1 save spell that we talked about before. Um, he's also got the breath spell, so that's the fly one, so he can give himself fly and get around to where he wants to likes to. Um, so I'm really excited to get this guy on the table. Um, I had a model, it's called Gorthang the Swamp Master, if anyone's heard of that, um, by Carol Rudick Art. And I've had that sitting in my cupboard for nearly two years, I haven't used it. And um, it's such a beautiful model, and this was a good excuse to pull it out, paint it up, and get it on the table, have a good time. So I'm really excited to get this fella on the table. Um, and see what he can do because um, I think he's going to do a lot of work. I'm excited. I, I think that's awesome. Like I, I love that. Like um, I love I love that the uh, 
almost like the sort of collector's aspect of the models that you're you're bringing in with your anvil of apotheosis too. It's just for me, it's chef's kiss, like the you know the hobby coming together, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's just it's a perfect excuse to you know show the hobby side of things as well. Um, outside of GW stuff, obviously their sculpts are the best, but there's some really cool stuff, right? Um, else out there too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I've got my uh, my Ponga minis for my Blood Bowl team, and I like adore them. You know, um, like Blood Blood Bowl minis are pretty freaking over the top too. But Age of Sigmar is beyond reproach, as far I think for for minis right now. Um, oh mate, um, I've got a, so where I live it's mostly 40k. I don't really play Sigma outside of tournaments, um, and all I get all the time from my 40k mates is, "Oh, these Sigma models are insane. It's not fair. They're so much better." So, well, I, I, it's rabbit hole number three for the evening, I believe. If you're playing the unofficial Rantcast <laughs> drinking game, you're not. I don't condone it. Don't do that. Um, I, I've, from what I, I hear through channels, like you. If you work on 40k, it's like the steady, awesome paycheck. Like that's the kind of cushy job because you know you're gonna go there. You're gonna make new poses for like Space Marines. You're gonna, you know. But like to get there, you gotta like, you gotta prove yourself in the fire that is Age of Sigmar sculpts, where like kind of like the wacky okay. stuff is, from what I understand. So like the sculptors with Age of Sigmar, uh, like they're sort of like there isn't a box so much like there isn't in 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 40k or 40k it's like you gotta you know that's that's the flagship there is a consistency and a expectation that must be met at all times for that fandom you can't super push the envelope you can't super go out outside the like outside that box but with age of sigmar it's like some of those models you look at them and you're like this person was on <laughs> some on some shit and they <laughs> went for it and you're just like respect you know like and and i love them i personally love that about age of sigmar where they kind of go too far like all the time um ah uh, but it's like I said it's fucking awesome but it's it's so easy to like snip off a couple bits or you know bring it back down to earth a little bit but like to even go there in the first place like to get the your own personal creative juices like just wow you see this thing and you're just some getting... models are very busy aren't they sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry um a good example is if you just look at, say, um, 40k orcs, they're getting their, their new orc army or parts of it coming out basically at the same time as we're getting our Age of Sigmar orc army. Gorgeous. And you just compare the two and you're like, wow. <laughs> Gorgeous. These are made at the same time? <laughs> Gorgeous. No, I, I, I'm I, I'm not a big 40k guy. I, I really don't know much. All my 40k knowledge is frozen in, like, 5th edition. That was, a lot, like, the last time I played 40k, uh, Blood Angels. Um, if I got back into 40k... Team Necrons shocking. all the way. They finally <laughs> shocking like the space vampires. Me, why would I do that? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I play the space vampires with Mephiston. I know, like everyone's surprised. Never would have guessed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if I get back into 40k, it's, it's on Necrons. Necrons finally look like what I had always imagined them to look like. You know, a lot more weird, a lot more sci-fi, really. Because like you kind of got like the Terminator. They look Hell like yeah, they no. they look like Terminators from you know T two, totally frozen in place before, um you know not really all, but like the freaking Void Dragon and the, oh, like their king dude, oh, dude like that's the a, that's a fucking sick shit in the there, man. Silent King like, who's basically the Catacross of of 40k as far as I could tell from sculpt wise like just 
he's the rules for that guy so much fun to play with. Like, oh. I'm, I'm jealous. My mate uses one all the time. I'm just jealous of him. I want to play with it. <laughs> so, so metal. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm tempted to play 40k. Uh, but like, if I were tempted to play 40k, um, but yeah, like you, 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 the uh, the little pig dudes that they just got in 40k. I I took like months deciding whether I like them or not. Like, you know, I'm like, uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah. I, I came down ultimately, I think they're cool. Like, I'm like, yep, cool. They won me over. Like, the long squigs, cool. I saw the... the I was pretty similar to that. Yeah. I saw the, uh, I saw the, four, uh, I saw the Age of Sigmar, like, the, these new ones, the Cruel Boys, and I'm just like, like, flip the table. I'm like, I'm not even the destruction guy. These are freaking amazing. Yeah, like, like... It, it, like, there's a little bit of the nod to the LOTR, right? Like, Lord of the Rings represent, like, it's undeniable, but, like, they're downright hypnotic to look at. Like, you're looking at them, and they have these, like, alien proportions, and, like, the, the these, like, faces, like, the, all the silhouettes they cut is just, it's like the NBA logo. It's just the perfect silhouette, right? Or the Jumpman logo on, you know, like, your Jordans, where it's just, it's the perfect silhouette. Like, you know... Like you see this, there and they have oh, yeah. like freaking master blaster, like the orc piloting a freaking uh, a trogoth, like dude. Oh, when I saw that skull, dude, I was like, <laughs> you know how when you saw your OBR, you were like, they made this army for me. Like yeah. that, that's how I feel about this this army for that's me. Amazing. Like I'm, I'm all in. I'm so fucking pumped. That's, that's awesome. Um, that dude on the trogoth is like, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck is this? But I fucking want to run. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing the thing where he's like, he's like, bring me closer. I want to hit them with my spear. Like he's got the like. <laughs> it's so, it's so. Leave me. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. So yeah. like, like I said, like I'm not the like I'm you know destruction. I think destruction players. It's like any other. Like we we all sort of have our like little like magnetic poles to our grand alliances, right? Like I like the you know death and the creepy vibe and. You know, probably have some trauma there for why that all is, but you know, like you know, you've got like the destruction players that like have this really sort of like I think almost this like oh like just this almost like um boisterous sort of energy to them, like they just you know that like little bit of goofy, little bit boisterous. You know, like we all have our thing, and like Gloomspite gets almost get there. Like I think undeniably they have some like just excellent sculpts, and I'm a person who's just I've run RPGs. Basically, my entire life, uh, I've always hated the like the short species. You know, like, uh, <laughs> like they're not wow. tall, they're not important, right? Yeah, I know. Like, not in reality, by the way. Like, I don't discriminate against anyone for any reason. But like, as a, as a GM, I'm just like, oh, here's goblins, and you know, like they're disposable, and you know, I, I guess it's because I watch Fist of the North Star, and if you ever see it, it's just whoever's tall is the most important in the scene. It's just, it's. I was corrupted young. Did you get like kicked in the leg by a short person when you're a kid or something? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, it doesn't like translate to reality, but in you know, uh, but in fantasy, it was just like, ah, uh, you know, whatever goblins, ah, uh, whatever. You knows. know the, um, you know the story of Arke on how he lost in the end times, right? He got kicked in the groin by an orc. Like <laughs> <laughs> the massive big dude gets. I mean, up by kicked to the nuts. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, a wild card, right? Like, you know, like he's a strategic tactician, and when the the war is all thinky and you know tactical, and it's just the one person who's just willing to like go for the nut shot, right? Um, no, so I, I I don't know, like I just, but like Gloomspite gets it's fanatics and boingy boys and 
uh, like everything with the mushrooms and stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. The trog, the trog, the fuck. The trogs are sick. And I'm like, that's excellent. And then like, you're like, oh man, I got to use some of the older sculpts. And like, it kind of brings you back down to earth a little bit. But like these new orcs, it's all blast off all the time. I, uh, every, every, they have, so, so that's, I haven't gotten the, the um, go ahead. The one thing that I'm not a hunt, like, I, so I love Hobgoblin, but the Hobgoblin they've designed, I'm not, I'm not all in on yet, but um, hopefully they're going to be in my hands and I, I like them a bit more, but it was, I like, I like the bodies, but the armor, it just, hmm. so Chaos is my, my main allegiance, I've got every Chaos army apart from Box, um, but the, the armor, just, I don't know, it's too chaosy dwarf here, it doesn't, doesn't say Orcs to me, so I hope. But I hope when I get them in person, paint them myself, I can make them look good enough. I'm in, into it. So. There's always a little bit of a, like, in-person versus the teaser. You know, like, almost universally every model I've ever seen teased is better in person. Even, even like, um, it's yeah. part of it has a lot to do with the depth of the model. Like, it's, yeah, you get, like, really good photography, but, like, there's still just that sort of that third dimension of, like, well, how far back does this go? Does it got to lean to it? Like, things like that that really, like, accentuate and make it look cooler. I don't know about the chaos, like, the chaos armor take. Like, chaos dwarves have always been this ancillary thing to me, so I don't really have much of a thought on that, but um, if people were curious, like, the the official Mr. Mephisto stance on, on the Cruel Boys, it's, uh, fuck yeah. Two rock fists straight up like um <laughs> i just want my hands on them now i want to paint them up I'm, I'm taking them to like every tournament man for the next six months like brilliant give them to me brilliant Let's go. brilliant so back to, <laughs> back to the army yeah yeah so back to your army here so uh you've got your swamp boss uh as tricks uh on margul um do we land it on like the spells and pretty much kind of where you think it fits as this mobile you know, so I'll I'll um I'll, I'll go a bit more of the puzzle. Um, I won't give away all my secrets, um, but I'll I'll run through a few things because I, I'd say most people haven't played Bone Splitters before, so give them a bit of understanding about why this is good. Um, so you've got you've got that fella. Basically, he's going to get buffed up. He's going to get launched forward. And you're going to have to charge him and get locked up with him. Um, and he's going to kill you, and you're not going to kill him. Plan there. Um, some of the other stuff I've got in the army. Um, I've got a thing called Copra. So probably top, for me, top three, maybe top five most busted units in, in Warhammer, uh, in Sigma, would be the Wardock. So if you've never versed a Wardock before, he's 80 points. He's five wounds on a six-up save. Sounds pretty average. Um, but what he gets is he gets a spell and a prayer. And all the spells, basically, and his prayer are completely fucking bonkers. So you basically treat him like a two-cast wizard, and one of his spells can't be denied. So obviously that's already sounding pretty good. Um, some of the spells that you can get in, uh, in Bone Splitters is the double move and fly one we talked about. Um, there's a plus one to hit, run, and charge spell. There's a plus one to save spell. There's a fight's last spell. Like there's a there's so much good stuff there, man. It's one of the best spell lords in the game, I think. And they'll cast on sixes, so you get them off, you know, most of the time. Um, and there's a lot of ways to buff buff your yeah, pluses to cast too. You've also got a, a fair bit of redundancy in here. So even with some of the auto like denies that are floating around in the game, you're just like you're gonna stick you're gonna stick a couple of your spells, which is what what you want to see. Well as you can see I've got what, three, four Wardocks in there, so Yeah. <laughs> Skew to the good shit. Um what his prayer does, it's on a three up, you can either heal D three wounds, so you can heal up um, the swamp boss if he's getting low. 
um, keep him around. You can give plus one to cast, or you can give plus one to save. Um, so when you start putting that on, like your Savage Orcs, when you've got 60 wounds um, sitting on a surrounding the point so you can't even touch it, and you can get them to like a, a three-up or a two-up save, um, when you combine it with what's coming up next, um, look, the Wardock is... Yeah, he is so bent and broken. He sh- it should be 100, 110 points. I'm so happy it's still 80 points. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> it really keeps this army viable, basically. Um, and you've got a perfect battalion for them called Cop, Cop Ruck. So all four Wardocks and two units of more boys will go in the battalion. Um, so get your drops down. Um, and the ability is nothing to sniff at either. So if one of any of the Wardocks, if they're, um, I think it's wholly within 12 of two units that have 10 or more models, so it's got to be the two units of more boys, only what's in the battalion. They can cast a Wergog Prophet spell, um, which is one thing this army lacks. So what that does is cast on a six, um, pick a unit within 24, roll a dice for every model in the unit, six up at the mortal wound. Um, if your cast is a 10, not 10 or more, it's every four up. So it's going to clear out half the guys. Um, and if you look at the Wardox, so I've got four Wardox. Um, the plus one to save prey you can't stack, but the plus one to cast spell you can. So you could get one of these guys up to plus four to cast and then try and get this off and blow something up if you really wanted to. Um, so there's some good play there. Um, a lot of the time, just telling your opponent that scares the shit out of them, so they try and waste trying to ping off one of your more boys. Um, so even just the threat of it there is, is enough sometimes too. So I, I really like that little bit of tech there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other stuff that I was just mentioning, oh, you've got your arrow boys. So, you know, Classic. they're 90 shots, fives and fours. You get them to fours and fours. They get a rend against monsters. Basically, they're going to do six, seven, eight damage on average. Um, so they're just there to ping off your support heroes and really threaten that. So, um, and it's six, six again at three sixty points for sixty wounds. So um, got got wound deficiency. They they they're a good threat there. Don't they um, have a uh, run and shoot or some ability? Uh, they uh, what was it? Not not run and shoot, but they have some movement shenanigans, don't they? Is it just the uh, throw them forward? It's the pregame move. Yeah, the pregame move, and then you move them. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, you get the plus one to hit on them, so they're fours and fours. Um, you can give them the double move and fly spell, so they can go 10 or 15 inches. So, you know, you get a decent threat range on them there. Um, usually they underperform, but um, like I said, just having the threat there a lot of the time, it's nice to have them. And in, the, in this sort of meta, you have to. Ha- I think you have to have something like that in your in your list, or you're going to struggle. Yeah, yeah, you got to have like something to keep other people honest, basically. You have to you have to threaten those little skink heroes from Seraphon, so they have to keep them back. You've got to threaten, you know, um, those little support heroes, your LRL type things, those sorts of things. So I think you really need something like that at the moment. Um, so that's why I've taken those. Uh, can you talk you about you your list you for, for a little bit longer? I gotta address Molly here. Go for a minute. It's called vamping, um, and this is also part of the unofficial drinking game. When Mef goes <laughs> AFK and leaves his guests to just like flounder. One second, I'm sorry. You're good, Ben. So, um, so I'll go on to the second anvil hero that I've got here. Um, so I've called him Wild Bill. Um, I'm a bit of a fan. Um, if you've played Hearthstone, there's a card called Dead Man's Hand. And, um, and if, you've, if you've played Hearthstone and played against that, you know how filthy it is. Basically, it would give you a shitload more cards and you could copy the cards in your hand. So you'd get all your really good shit in your hand, you'd copy it and you'd have to play it again and you'd just smash anybody at that point in the game. Um, this is a bit of a throwback stat for me. Um, I've called my, my war clan the Dead Man's Hand Clan. Um, and all my, um, all my orcs have a white hand, sort of like Saruman from Lord of the Rings. His orcs, if you've seen that, they have a white hand painted on their face. Um, so that's sort of the theme of my army. That's why it's called Wild Bill, because of um, a certain song that talks about poker and, and the Dead Man's Hand. 
So what I've done here is I've made him as cheap as possible. So uh, a bone splitter's hero in the anvil is 30 points. Um, and like we talked about before, um, the TO has tried to balance the anvil and the commander role costs 30 points instead of none now. So what that gives him is access to a command ability um, where I pick it in the start of the combat phase, pick a unit only within 18, uh, plus one to save on that unit until the end of that phase. Um, I can stack that. So you could put it on four or five times if you wanted to. If you had the command points. Um, so the idea behind this fella is he's just a five wound, six up save, six up after save. He's going to die. Um, but there's better shit in the army to target. And you have to charge what's in the front. So hopefully they can't reach him unless they've got some sort of spells or shooting. And he's going to sit behind that uh, blob of savage orcs or those arrow boys. And he's going to buff them up. Um, I'm starting with three CP. So he's going to give him, you know, plus one, plus two save, depending on when I need it. And um, he's going to make that blob really hard to kill. And like I said, when we start to tie this in um, with all the missions, we start to tie this in um, with my army. He's just going to keep him around long enough that I rack up enough points, hopefully, that by the time they're dead, um, I will squad enough that they can't catch me. Right. So I think uh, that little hero really complements uh, that sort of style and this sort of build and this sort of pack. So that's why he's in there. And for 60 points, he's an absolute fucking deal, I think. Um, <laughs> so One of those silly, silly things you can do in Anvil. So we, we mentioned earlier on in Anvil, like a minimum point cost. What would what do you think a minimum point cost to like keep Wild Bill and all, all these little like an, cheap cheap Anvil? What do you think that would look like? 110? Yeah, 100. 110, something, something like that. Yeah, sort of thing I would yep. put into a tournament pack. Minimum 110 or 100, something like that. All right. It's a little bit interesting to um, have a think about it actually after the tournament, see what people bring and see what happens because I reckon, yeah, the TO might sit back afterwards and say, yeah, I wish we'd put a minimum point value in because when we get to the next page, you'll see you'll see a few little things you can do with low points. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Um, I think I've covered most of the stuff I wanted to cover with that list, but as you can see, it's just, it's just built for the pack. You're going to run shit forward. You're going to block up all the objectives so they can't get on them and hopefully live long enough Everything is going to die at some point, but just hope it's long enough in the game that um, I've scored enough and and um, and I win the game. But I think um, this list should be a lot of fun to play against. It's basically a um, a DPS check. You just got to kill my army quick enough to win the game, and if you don't, then I win the game. So um, hoping it'll be enjoyable. I'll I'll enjoy playing it because it's this army sort of wins in the movement phase. Um, you really have to position your models well when they get, when they are forced to charge. Try and block off where they can get to so they can't charge. Want to charge? that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's really going to be played in the movement phase and um, and it's going to test my positioning and my fore thinking. So I'm looking forward to that challenge um, because I usually play a lot of high damage lists so it's going to be a bit different for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm looking forward to the challenge and looking forward to getting my sweet anvil here on the table and, um, <laughs> and um, giving my opponents a good game. Well, well, from from a lot of your... Honestly, like it, it already... Your language, I could tell like you're thinking very control-wise, very, very much so about that. And... Um, you name the command ability Aces and Eights. That's the dead man's hand. That's um. That's not a good thing. That means Wild Bill here is going to die. <laughs> like, well, I, you, you missed that part. I did. I did explain why, why I've named it that. But um. But oh, he's definitely going to die, mate. He's going to be public enemy number one, I think. But um. <laughs> hopefully, he does his job before then. Right on. Right on. And thank you, Big Daddy G Dubs, <laughs> for Warlock still at eighty points. Nice little note on the bottom there. All right. So a few honorable well, mentions um, here. Go on. I'll just say to you, all my orcs, they have a white hand painted on their face. That's sort of their theme. Right on. And um, 
So that's that's why it's Dead Man's Hand. That's that's my plan. That sort of thing. That's why that's there. It's a little bit of a theme. Having a bit of fun with it. No, I love it. I love um. It. So yes, on to the on to some other honourable mentions, I guess. The probably the most abusive thing I've found is the corn priest. So you can buy a corn corn model. Um, it's forty points. 40 or 50, I think 40 points. You've got a list of 40-point 40, um, 40 corn priests. Yeah, so it must be 40. So um, you buy a, a mortal, Chaos Mortal. You give them a mark, so you mark them Chaos. Oh, sorry, mark them Thorn. Um, the next step the Anvil. You can pick, make them yeah, a commander, a priest, or a, a wizard. Um, so obviously you go with priest um, for this this build. Um, the two um, Anvil prayers are a 6-up after save to a unit uh, within 18, or D3 mortals to a unit within... 12 or 18. Um, obviously, it's a prayer, so you can do it as many times as you want. So if you take two with the same one, you can do it on two units. Um, and corn have, like, a lot of mental prayers in their lore. Um, so, for example, they've got a plus one to save prayer. They've got a plus one to hit prayer. They have a prayer to give you blood tithe. They have a, a prayer to heal a hero D3. Like, it's it's really what makes the corn allegiance tick, and it's, a, it's quite difficult to get enough priests in there because you've really only got your slaughter priests. Or if you're bringing slaves in, you've got the war shrine. So being able to bring in a, a forty a forty point priest that's going to cast two 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 prayers, it's going to be near the the, the throne, so it's going to get to re-roll its prayers on a three up and a four up. Um, so pretty likely to happen. Um, and you can also cast an endless judgment. So you've got your skulls, um, you've got the Rathak, both really good, really strong. Um, so forty points is basically. Casting three spells yeah. that you can't unbind. Yeah, you're just gonna prayers. buy. You're just gonna buy three of these. <laughs> if well, two, right? Just ping. Yeah, it's the value you're, you're getting for forty points is just insane. It's it's yeah, so efficient. Way way too efficient. And obviously, these things don't exist in the game for a reason because they're way too good. So um, right. another reason why Anvil is is a bit unbalanced, I'd say. Right. Um, the next thing you can do is. I don't think I need to explain how good wizards are in Cities of Sigma, especially elf wizards, the things you can do and the buffs you can put on them. You can get 30 points in Anvil. You can run two for 30 points, and this the stuff you can do with do with them for 30 points is just insane. Same with your death wizards there, 30 or 40 points, whatever I've got there. 30. Um, yeah, you know some of the things you can do with death wizards. So. I, I think this was one of the first things that people gravitated Two when we were like the first sort of like hot takes on Twitter was like the thirty point uh, cities of Sigmar wizards, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Because uh, you're already talking about cities has a couple of of sort of sub allegiances that can really put some spell abuse down, right? I mean, you have your we well, you put him in Hallow Heart, and he's two, he's thirty points. He's two cast. He's plus one to cast. Yep. Plus whatever to cast when you use the command you, ability. Yeah. Plus six to cast maybe like. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty points, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty bonkers. Yeah. Uh, um, you got fifty points each. Last wizards. One, um, kind of touched on them a little bit with uh, the initial one, and then the last one gone. Yeah, just the zinch wizards, obviously, because you're generating fate points if you run them in zinch and you test the dice and that sort of thing. So I think they're worth a mention too. Um, but obviously things like your ogre more tribes where your monsters are ten wounds. Um, your stone horns do a shitload of damage, but they're they're actually not that survivable. They they do disappear. So when you can make a hero that's a three up ethereal and give it a six up after save from Anvil, um, and it's worth ten wounds and it's still going to do good damage, especially with some of the buffs you can get um, from the Ogre More Tribes book. 
Um, I think that that could be a really strong build too. Um, and things like Feck. So um, I think Anvil doesn't really offer that much to Feck, but there's a certain build that you can run inside Feck that it really complements. Um, so the, the thing that I was thinking of is um, a Gristlegore build. So your monsters obviously exploding sixes, fight when they die, double pile in. Um, the, the hotness in Feck at the moment is your Smash Bat. Um, the issue you'd have with Smash Bat is by the time you built your list, so you got you usually run Royal Mordant, so it gets its hero phase move, so it's getting to what it needs to get to. Um, you got to have your Arc Regent for your extra attack. Your ghoul, your ghouls are such a massive tax effect for your battle line. Um, so that's 300 points just gone right there. Um, by the time you put all that together, and you put you ran your your Royal Terror Geist, um, and you gave him obviously a Savage Strike to fight first, whatever else. You're you're basically at 1590 points. So you're 10 points shy of putting that second Royal Terror Geist in, which you really want because it really bumps up the power level. So obviously, you just build a 400-point monster Terror Geist equivalent. Um, you can make him survivable and put him on a 3 up a 3 if you want, or you can just make it super killy. And, and obviously, it fits because it's only 400 points. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I hope to see someone running that build because I think it's, it's obvious, but it's a really good build. Mm-hmm. That was probably my second list I was thinking of taking, um, but I run a very similar list to a 40k tournament a few weeks ago so that's why i've gone with the bone splitter so it's something a bit different mm-hmm. um but i think that feck build could be really strong too i hope someone takes it yeah right on right on i, I we're just touching on what you said about ogre maw tribes again before like um ogre maw tribes kind of really wants its two super killy stone horns and they kind of lost one with with ethereal amulet going away so you have like you're just kind of left with your your one like killy unit and then you're kind of you're you're missing that second one. Anvil of Apotheosis yeah. allows you to put back in that second uh, Stonehorn, essentially. Uh, so what I, they're missing, yeah, yeah. They want that. Like they want two. They want like the smashy one and the and the livy one, right? And they both kind of smash, but yeah, you're right. That's that that that's. I think it's just 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 what they're missing, and it might be just enough to bump them up an extra win. So um, I think that's definitely worth. It. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a mate um, in our club. Um, he's a little bit famous because he took seven Thunder Tusks to an event. Legend. So, um, legend. Yeah, he's he's, he's a fucking legend. <laughs> yeah, great bloke. Shout out, Pinek. Um, but yeah, so I think he'd have a, have a lot of fun with Anvil with his um, extra monster truck for sure. Yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, and then I see uh, uh, you've got like sort of some homework for chat gang here uh, with a hero <laughs> that it's possible to build if they uh, if they choose to look for it. I just hope a few people that listen to this. They're saying, well, I didn't know this was possible, or what the fuck is this shit? Like, this is crazy. And they go have a bit of a look themselves, and they, they cook something up. And um, I'd love to see it if they do. I've, I've had I've an absolute ball the last couple of weeks, obviously. We'll get into a point in Sigma where the game's a bit stale. We'll wait for the new edition. And this has sort of um, sort of refreshed it for me. I've had a great time. So Yeah, yeah, right on. Right on. Um, okay, we get it. You can abuse Anvil to make croak power levels of heroes. So what is what this next slide is called. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's true. Fucking croak. <laughs> uh, we've we've been having an argument at the moment if we um if we think the new croak is is as good as or close to as good as as old croak. What what do you think? Uh, I think the the most direct the most direct thing I'm capable of saying is taking him off of a Bailwind vortex is a significant and important change, and I think it's going to change the dynamics of that army in and of itself. Uh, he's still strong. He might still be too efficient, 
But again, taking him off that Bailwind, I think, is huge. And that's really, if that's all they did, then good. I mean, that's my main read. Yeah, I think I think that's that's sort of the common consensus is that that he's he's obviously not as good, but he's still good enough that you're still gonna. Yeah, he's yeah he's still good. Um, he's still efficient, but um, take, he's he I don't think he's abusive anymore with the the lack of bail one. Just just getting him down off of it is huge. Um, I just um, my my worry for it is I think it's gonna make it that that wound thing where he heals to full if you don't kill him is going to be really hard for certain armies to deal with. But that's, that's, I'm a little bit worried about that. But um, but most armies should be fine, but I'm sure there's a few armies that are really going to struggle, if, struggle with that. If they go this direction where all the various god characters are, like, overcosted, but, like, have some sort of staying power mechanic, like Marathi and Croak, I, we just saw we saw what Nagash's War Scroll is in Soulblight Gravelords, and I'm quite disappointed that the god of death... <sighs> Uh, is 975 and doesn't have something like that because you know he's. Th- it's bad. But um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad. The sky's not falling. I think you can actually still field Nagash in Soulblight Gravelords. Like I think he's still. Play- I mean, it's not all that bad, right? You could be cracked off. So. Right. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk of this survivability, right? Like he's just gonna get peeled off of tables by like a stiff breeze. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I wish they had gone that way with kind of like all the god characters. I really loved the idea of Alarial coming back once for free. I thought that, you know, just like what a god goddess of life. She you kill her once, she comes back once, like like a rebirth. Yeah. You know, I thought that'd be cool. You know, Croak has his resto cuz he's a memory basically, so you have to discorporate it. Marathi has her own little unique mechanic. Uh Archeon is basically nigh unkillable in very certain respects anyway, and it's just like a it's a boss fight, like race the clock. Like can you can you throw enough stuff in front of him to stop him for long enough, you know, and some thump, some things can fight him, but the things that can fight him you're always scared about those uh, the Slayer of Kings. You're always like Aah. And so you try to drag uh, him down. Is he gonna roll those four ups and ignore ignore all my shit? Yeah, so you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna try to like uh you know, throw your uh you know disposable but decently punchy or decently survivable stuff at them and so they all like this have will, um, what's that this will make you happy my last tournament i took uh, a bravery bomb just with Archeon in it and uh, my first round was against obr with uh cut across and um and the gash yeah, yeah. and uh um, wow okay old old, old big with the sword Woo-hoo. wow that was, that, was, that was a good moment wow man <laughs> get in the sword motherfucker yeah yeah, I, I see. Like again, like N- Nagash should maybe have one of those things that says "slay it outright." Don't work on him, you know. Just some sort of like show me. Like, well, that sh- points cost, dude. Like, yeah, it's so it's so it's it's half. If you buy if you buy an umbral spell portal, it's over half your cost in the army. Well, can you can you afford to do that now? Like that, that points cost <laughs> with no models, no other models. With specifically Soulblight Gravelords, yes, because they do have efficient enough battle line. With Osiric Bone Reapers, no, he's unplayable in bo- in OBR, which is it, it kind of sucks. So is he is he nine seventy five in OBR now, or is he still eight eighty? You know, <laughs> theoretically, he Classic. he because usually they're not two different costs. That that precedent doesn't exist. Right now, we're in a weird like in between place, right? Um, because my OBR yeah. battle tome says this, and SBG says that, and which one is it? Um, theoretically, he goes up to 975 in OBR too. 
It's it's the same War Scroll. It's the same exact War Scroll. They just control C, uh, control V'd it. That's I, a bit fucked. I'm, um, yeah. I'm not mad. Like I said, like uh, I'll I'll get I. I mean, you're already not playing in the top gear when you're bringing, you know, Nagash anyway. And, and no matter what the build was before, like I know, uh, I'm sure you've heard the, uh, I'm sure you've heard the rumor about Mystic Shield, there, right? He's going to be able to change. It's going back to the old plus one, so he could theoretically yeah. chain gun plus ones across the army. And uh, but is that really worth 975 points? You're not casting anything else, right? So <laughs> I don't think so. I personally don't think so a lot especially but, when like um, there's there's other ways of getting plus one saves that are kind of littered throughout the armies now Whatever. yeah especially soulblight right you guys got a shitload of plus one to save i don't um, i don't think the save the way. save bonus is really what you're worried about with that many with the amount of wounds you can put on the table with some like fnp and some like to, essentially some piling shenanigans and uh, there's It's going to be nice on on certain units. I think skeletons are low key better than people are giving them. Everyone's distracted by zombies right now. Um, I'm I've got a bias, obviously. Uh, I think my logo is a skull, uh, but I think skeletons are. I think people are sleeping on skeletons. They're not as bad as people. Yeah, them. yeah, they're I'm, not I'm, as. I'm with you there. Yeah, they're they're not like, they're not like. Oh, why would I take these when I could take zombies? I'm like, you take both. Probably like, and there's a build. There's a couple builds where you can really abuse some death rattle stuff. Um, Graveguard. Well, they do different jobs. Yeah, yeah. Zombies are doing mortal wounds, and yeah, skeletons are weight of attack. They both, yeah, both do a job against different things. And and in terms, if you're looking at in terms of the game in three dimensions and playing disciplined Warhammer, um, you know what? What am I going to try to activate first? Probably my zombies, right? Like my skeletons, they're going to take the punch, and they actually benefit from from activating second with their their mechanics, like. Respect. Just to give you an example, um, my bones splitters list that I'm taking, I'd rather verse zombies and skeletons. Skeletons are going to do more work against my, my bone splitters, so definitely yeah. a place for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things is like they've shifted death to a little bit of a toolbox army, which is not really where we've been. I mean, flush hitter courts strike the one war scroll, right? Like, you don't really toolbox so much as you have board control and, and two big hammers that you're trying to win the game with, right? You're going to control the board with, with a bunch of derpy stuff, and then you're going to go through and sort of have that puncher's chance at all time with a with a, with a pair of, like, fatty monsters. Um, can Smash Bat smash that, right? Like, like <laughs> that's... You asked that question. Um, you know, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, we talked about, like, it's the excellence of execution. Yes, <laughs> you're, you're just... Your fundamentals, grind, grind, grind. Like, your, your quality of your War Scrolls is pretty high with Mortec Guard, and a couple of the like the accoutrements um and you're just you're playing fundamentals uh old school lon was not a toolbox you were you had two strong war scrolls and you kind of abused them and uh table control like now you're looking at like a actual like sort of a pseudo toolbox like where you're looking at the meta and you're looking at what you think you're going to play against and you're like i'm going to bring i'm going to go up on skeletons here i'm going to go uh, up on zombies here and, and you're sort of modulating it around and I do think most people are going to gravitate towards Virkos. I think Virkos is kind of the clear winner. Um, but having uh, after what I saw today, I'm super pumped for a Vangori. Like I'm like I, I I was already like like a split decision. Like my sort of like read was Virkos is the stronger overall, just because 
I don't know what a, a having four generals is going to do for the army. I suspect it's going to be pretty sweet. Um, but you can just like and just that um, that wounds on the objective thing is so, so good. Yeah, it's hard, like, to, hard to turn that down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fear Coast is it, it's it's strong. Uh, Baba Yaga, she's being called the the Grampire. Uh, Bella Dama, like <laughs> I just call her Grandma. <laughs> yeah, the the Grampire. Uh, like I think she's probably the the best, just in terms of like what you're paying for and what you're getting. She's probably the best War Scroll in that in that book in terms of just her spells, man. Oh, I'm I'm thinking about putting some of that stuff in my Feck army, just allying it in. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Like I think she's I think she's probably like just the best overall, just point for point War Scroll. Um, so my read is like that stuff's really good. But I'm like some of the like a lot of the Evangori like tricks are off War Scroll like it's not like it's it's a puzzle a little bit and then I'm like oh there was this missing puzzle piece and I look at yeah 3.0 and I'm like that was the missing puzzle piece like uh, I'm just <laughs> like so Evangori which I was already like standing just because uh, just because Laukavai already people like dislike the model so naturally I had to overcompensate and, and just like <laughs> go way hard the opposite direction uh, and now that I'm like. See, I'm I'm a stuff. I'm a Johnny. I don't know if you're you're familiar with like the 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 psychographic yeah. profiles, but I'm a Johnny. I like to tinker and and think. I, I sense that you're like a Johnny Spike yourself, and I'm I'm a Johnny Spike in some category, and I've got that like Timmy core at the center of my being that always wants to like yay explosion noises. But uh, Avengery, is this finally my time to play? What it is? It am I finally going to play six monster trucks? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's four monster trucks. Okay, it'll be four monster trucks because the spike's gonna be like, okay, six is hilarious, Timmy, but like yeah. we want to win games, so go down to four. Uh, and never go full thunder tusk, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, you never go full thunder tusk. Exactly. Uh, uh, you're a legend if you do, though. Um, so I can't quite <laughs> go like full thunder tusk on it, but but four, two is probably the way i'll embellish a little bit with with four because i think you can still fit in uh the bones you can you still you still can't have a, a lot of like just stuff to fill you out you get to play the game as well right right, like, right. Cool. yeah yeah i mean you're, you're gonna win on on the strength you're gonna st still be able to like feel like basically control the board a little bit and then you're just gonna have these like sort of uh like little satellites of destruction that in the right matchups on the right battle battle plans you're gonna be able to like point and hope the stuff goes down. You have to build redundancy if you're running a, the Evangori models, because they sometimes just go crazy and don't do what you want them to. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's, it's, fun, it's awesome fun to run monsters for and smash shit, but, um, but you want to play the game. We had right. to play the game, we liked it, so but, right. a bit of both. Right, of both. right. And I, th and I think that's where Evangori will settle in, is, is you're going to be able to uh, like appease the like need to run monster trucks, but still play the game. <laughs> And, uh, Speaking of my heart, dude. Speaking of my heart. I mean, but that's the sweet spot to live in, isn't it? Fuck okay. <laughs> off. Okay. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. Um. So okay, we get it. Anvil make croak power things. We got on a tangent here again, so that's four for the night if you're playing the home game. Uh. So this event is going to be match play Rank. rankings in Australia's master season. I think was kind of where we're going. Yeah. So there's there's been a um been a pretty eventful week for Australian Masters for a number of different reasons. Um, this is one of them, I'd say. Um, to give a bit of history and context, um, a few years ago, um, when you know all the rules and settings for, 
confirm and match play and putting events in the rankings and seasons, whatever else being sorted out. Um, any event go into the ranking. This included 1K event. Um, so a certain club, um, I'll give you one guess which club, um, decided to run a shitload of 1K events and get a number of their members into the top of the Masters ranking. <laughs> so a lesson was learned there. That, that, that's my club, by the way. <laughs> um, so it was good, though, because a lesson was learned and the next Masters season, well, 1K events weren't allowed in the ranking. How it should have been. The, this, it took, it took a... this reminds me of Six yeah. Nations, uh, Six Nations tournament, where it was like uh, we see some problems with the game, and we're the you didn't listen to us saying it on the internet, so we're going to have to show you in person why this is wrong, and that's what Six Nations tournament did with some abuse. It, it sounds that's why like they did it, man. Seriously, yeah. that's why I was done. I was like, is yeah, to show that this shouldn't be fixed. They said it should shouldn't be in before the season. It didn't get changed. I said, okay, well, we'll show you why it shouldn't have been. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that's what happened there. So things like this have happened before. So I dare say, um, going forward, um, there's going to have to be a discussion on if end events can be in um, the match play ranking. But the way the rules are written for this season and, and for the past um, is if it's a match play event, which this is, it's a match play event using match play missions, 2,000 points, um, it goes in the ranking. Um, so there's been a bit of a discussion um about that this week. Um, and I just sort of wanted to share my feeling, um, see what you thought, maybe what chat thinks. See if, um, you know, sometimes you can get in your own echo chamber. Um, sort of wanted to see what other people thought and see if other people are on the same page if, or if I was sort of, you know, a bit off, not on the right, not on the right mind of thinking, basically. Um, so, yeah, so, so some of my thoughts on it, um, just to give a bit of explanation about how Australian um, masters and and the master season and match play works over here. Yeah, so you talk, um, you mentioned echo chamber. You've you've essentially stepped outside of like you've stepped as far away from an echo chamber as you can by coming onto a. You know, I think I'm technically an international show because I do have measurable things, but like the home teams in this American podcast, I talk a lot about you know Midwest events, and I kind of balloon out from there because my experience is a lot of Midwest. I talk to a lot of East and West coasters, um, you know to try to get a more holistic view of the USA scene. And then from there, I, I, I burgeon out, talk to, to a few people in Europe and the UK and a lot of Australians for some reason. I, I don't know. I, there's just, it's the snark that binds us. I think there's a, a certain, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but you, you, sort of, you, you, what's that? It's because we're good guns. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. But you've essentially sort of like removed yourself from the echo chamber. Come on my show. And so I, I do implore you chat gang. If you're watching back on the VOD, um, if you're, you know, if you're certainly in, in chat gang right now, um, or if you want to like throw some, some tweets out there, uh, on Twitter, um, really like tell us what you think about this. Cause, cause, uh, this is a, a, a sort of a, like a philosophical running of di- diagnostics on yourself, which I think is the most respectable thing someone can do is when you, you get committed to a certain line of thought or something is to sort of go, wait a second. You know, you got to do that, like, sort of self-check. And, and so you've kind of, like, stepped out of side of your echo chamber to come on here. So I, I don't want to cut you off, but I wanted to make sure we got that call to action in there. Like, hey, this is this is a this is a this is what you think type moment. But, hey, give us some feedback type moment. Right. So continue. Yeah, so. I just want to I just want to make people aware and, and how things work. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to make um, our masters and our match play as good as it can be. So right. 
Right. If, and, if the majority of people think it's a, it's a good idea to have it in and, and their reasons why, then I'd, I'd love to hear it and um, and hopefully flip my opinion if, that, if that's the yeah. that's the way it goes. You know, so yeah. that's how it should be, right? Like good good yeah. information helps us change our minds. Like exactly. So so how does Australian Masters work? Because again, you're you're up America. I have a vague idea. I don't have a great idea, and I'm sure many people in my audience. You guys use ITC for, for Sigma over there, or? Eh. <laughs> That's a drama. Some of us do. Some of us do. Um, we okay. don't have like a universal system like uh, uh, elsewhere. They, they call uh, the Midwest the Midwest Fortune, uh, for, the Midwest Fortress, or the the Midwest Wall, uh, because we're the sort of bulk of of of. We run a sizable tournament pretty much every month in the Midwest during during the peak. Hang on a second. Being ganked by daughter. I'm sorry, what's Lily? Um, oh, no. Cool. So I'll just... Need to go? I, I gotta go deal with my daughter. I'm so sorry. Um, apparently the dog's got into something. Um, it could be awkward silence if need be. Um, pardon me, adult... <laughs> Alright, chat gang, quick AMA. Anybody got any questions for me? What's the plan? Not sure how much of a delay there is on this thing though, so Um So Australian match play, um basically uh we don't use ITC. Um, our feeling on ITC is they tried to come in and tell us what to do and how to run things, and we told them to fuck off, which is a very strong way to do things. Um, so we have our own um, match play system um, where a local guy in the community, uh, Clint Mallet, runs it all. Um, he sort of helped get AOS off the ground in Australia, so Clint's done a lot for the community, um, and he basically runs the master circuit himself. He plans the events, does the the scoring and all that sort of thing, and um, and he puts on the event at the end of the season. Um, there is a committee, um, so each state. So there's, I think there's four or five states that have um, like AOS events that are involved in the Masters season. So there's the committee, and they sort of talk about uh, any issues or decisions or anything involving um, match play, Sigma, and Oz, and um, and then they have a democratic vote. Everyone gets picked the most. That's that's how it goes. Um, so they might vote on things like uh, where will the Masters be held because Australia is quite a large place, quite a large place with a lot of states. So usually it'll rotate, but um, sometimes it'll be in the same spot if it's in a good central location for everybody. Um, you know they'll vote on how the rankings scored, how many people, all that sort of stuff. So um, they do a good job, and it's a pretty thankless job because it seems to only only seem to get shit because. Um, can't please everyone with these decisions. So if, if it goes the way you're not happy with, then you might you might cop a little bit. Um, so if you're listening in, Masters Committee people, thank you for what you do. Um, but yeah, so, so that's sort of the way that works. Um, the way we score Australia is um, your top three events go to your score. So you might go to seven events, for example, and your top three results will be the three that are scored to your ranking. Most you can score at an event is 100 points, um, which requires a minimum of 40 people to be at that event for 100 points. Um, if your event has less than 40, say, for example, you've got 30, it drops by a point for every person under 40. 
So you got a 31st event, the most you can score if you win the event is 90. And it's just on a sort of a, a tiered scale and it drops drops down from that. Um, so sorry, I don't know when you come back in, Beth, but I'm just explaining how the um, how you score your, your master score at the moment. So, so the most you can score is 300. You get 100 for winning a 40-person event, less than 40 can't score 100 it'd be like 90 95 right and, and um, you mentioned it's uh, they is it they take the top three scores or like is it a yeah your best three results your best yeah. three results okay so you if you grind you can you know you're not like at a full detriment if you bomb a few tournaments and then no, as long as you have all. three great one okay yeah, you so, could go to 12 events come last at every one but three win the three and get 300 back to mm-hmm. right on right so. on yeah. Um, we, um. To to finish what I was saying before, we don't play. Yeah. We, uh, Midwest. We've got a bunch of turn. We've got a a big saturation of tournaments. The vast majority of them don't do ITC. Um. It's just um, it's a it's a contentious topic. Honestly, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, I see the good and the bad. Uh, I understand my Midwest Homer perspective, but I also watch the East Coast and the West Coast, and I see that they do ITC and they seem fine. So. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, anyway, so I, I don't want to cut you off, but I did want to finish my thought on that. Just in case people oh, are yeah, like, right. look at him faking his children having an emergency to, like, not have to say something. Um. Hey, brother, <laughs> if you got to go, it's all good. No, um, no, the dog's got into the trash. Um, and Oh, uh, dude, my dog does that all the fucking time. We have to put bricks on the lids now. <sighs> Bloody dog. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's a diaper mess, too, because... Um, oh, God. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> So just it just had to be dealt with. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I, so just yeah. Go ahead. Yep. No, you go ahead. Uh, comedic hyena here asked a filler question. Uh, chat gang really stepping up when I have to disappear here. What's your favorite cake and why? This is very important. Ooh. We always appease chat, chat gang. Carrot cake. Have to be carrot cake. Ooh, good good call. Good call. Why? why carrot, carrot cake. cake? Nuts through it. You go, you go like you put the nuts in the carrot cake, huh? Oh yeah, right yeah. on, right on. So why, Good why flavoring. carrot cake? Is it the spice? Is it the sweet? Is it the? So um, I'm a lactard. Um, probably shouldn't say that. Might offend somebody. I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like my favorite cake, like I used to eat a lot of sponge cakes as a kid, but it would make me so sick, <laughs> like too much cream and whatever else, and um, I'd pay for it at the other end. So some reason, carrot cake, I'm okay with, and it's fucking delicious. So there you go. There can't you go. go wrong. There you go. Can't go wrong. <laughs> what about you? Uh, my favorite cake, uh, angel food cake, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, no, I, I like um, I like the like the lighter. I don't, I hate frosting. I'm just not a frosting guy. Um, I know. Oh, okay. Hot, the, the hottest take of the night, I hate frosting. Um, but like the, the like cream cheese style frosting that typically goes on the angel, angel food cake. It's, you don't like them glazed buns? No, I don't really like frost. <laughs> I don't. I don't like frost. I, I like my buns thick, but I don't like them glazed. Um, like I, I just, yeah. Um, I usually go with cheesecake, but I don't count cheesecake as cake. It's a pie. It's it's a whole thing. Um, checking is cheesecake a cake or a pie? Uh, comment cake, in the down there part. It, <laughs> why is it? It's cake? called cheesecake. It's a a horsefly is called. Uh, yeah, but like a horsefly is called a horsefly. Is it a horse? It's got horse in the name. This this no no. <laughs> I don't. I Fair certainly enough. don't care about. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Heavy D six is saying cake. Disgusting. 
Uh, Every day six, you're wrong, bro. <laughs> no, no, I um, uh, I love I love uh, quintessential debates about stuff that doesn't matter like that. Um, it's the best. I um, I tell you what though, mum did me drop me off a care package the other day because I'm in quarantine, <laughs> and she dropped me off some red velvet cupcakes. And my dude, oh, my mum can cook, and they were fantastic. Yeah, see, see, that's a that's a weakness too. I gotta go with the angel food cake. I don't know what it is, but like. A proper red velvet cake when you've got the like again the cream usually cream cheese based frosting a lot thicker than what tends to go on an angel food cake, and then like the it's like the, the succulents and the there you yeah. go. <laughs> he, she, she dropped me down three and I think they were all gone in ten minutes. Like I couldn't couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> you got a you got a good mom. Um, all right, so so uh, but but back to um sort of back to like the question at hand. You mentioned how how your masters is scored. Um, and uh, this is, I just got to say, this is the best type of rant cast, by the way, where we have like a focused topic, but then we just <laughs> talk about cake and stuff. Uh, man, uh, random tangents about Warhammer within the show focus. This is, this is peak, this is peak rant cast. So uh, if this is your first episode of rant cast, you landed on a good one. So welcome. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so we're talking about Anvil, man. We can't take it too seriously. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, but back to Anvil and Apotheosis. Sort of the core is of the the dilemma here, and it's in the PowerPoint. Is uh, this this event is you know a ranked masters thing? This could affect you know who's who wins. This could affect you know who's representing you know the Australian masters, right? Um, oh, it will. It definitely will. Right. Yep. Right. Um. So this is the final this event, event of the is... season. This is sort of like, uh, I guess, you'd be the equivalent of like your your playoffs. It's like the it's the semifinals, right? It's the, you know. Well, it's it's you know for, for an NBA example because sound topic. Um, this could be the playoff. To who gets eighth and who gets ninth and who misses out. So, right. um, you can have a big swing, and because of the size of the event, it, there's a lot of points on offer. Um, yeah, you need forty for your hundred points, but the more people beyond that forty the less the points below that tail off. So say, for example, your second and your third place, your 20th place, are going to get a lot more points because it's a 70-person event than if it was a 40-person event. So even doing, not winning, but doing quite well at this event is going to get you a really good score. Um, so okay. it's going to have quite an impact, I think. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of people that are just on the fringes that are like, um, that, that can go to this event you know, come the top 10 and push them over the line and get them into Masters. So it's it's definitely going to have some swings and some impacts on who makes it. Uh, can um, I go ahead and finish your thought before I ask? Go on, I'm, I'm done. Okay, um, so why, i I just curious here, just a probing question. Why do you think Anvil of Apotheosis cheapens that or, or shouldn't be in this? Like, what is the, what is your pitch or your premise? Like, why... Why are obviously like we both love Anvil Apotheosis? We just spent one hour or two hours talking about how awesome Anvil Apotheosis <laughs> is and some bonkers, awesome stuff that can be done and totally fun ways. You're looking forward to actually going to a physical tournament with competitive stakes. Like, like I think I, I don't think this was like a hoodwink. I think you sincerely are for this. Uh, I don't think this has been a work the whole time to be like, psych, I hate it. Um, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the take. I wouldn't have, you know, it's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Like I don't think it's just a two hour uh, work on like psych anvil apotheosis sucks. Like I, you sincerely seem to like enjoy it and enjoy the going into the into the competitive stuff. So why in this particular sense are you like, hang on a second? Cool. Okay, so um, 
So a few I've got a few points here on why I think it it's my, my stance is it shouldn't be in the match play ranking. Um and, and I'll give you a few reasons why. Um so like I said, I've spent so much time looking at Anvil, not only from my armies, um, but from other armies as well. Just to see what I might be versing or to help mates come up with ideas, etc. Um and while some armies we've seen from some of the examples, they get some really bonkers way bent, broken out their stuff from Anvil and can do some things their army shouldn't be able to. OBR, for example, they should not be able to do that. Well, um, uh, we addressed it while talking about about X. Uh, like, you look at that weapon, you go, but there's nothing to put it on. You created something that doesn't that exist. That book in is those balanced things. around that not existing in the book. And when you create it, it yeah, it's, yeah, it's too far out there. Right. Um, and I so while it, some armies can think like that... Yeah. <laughs> You you have to tee someone up for a game using an anvil, mate. <laughs> like um, I'm gonna go full gotcha with it too. I'm like, this is X, and he's gonna <laughs> give it to you, and they're just gonna look at it and like they're not quite gonna realize how he's gonna give it to them yet because they're gonna see oh my boy. like custom liege Cavalos <laughs> model, where um the whole thing is X has a has a narrative. So usually uh Osiric Bone Reapers can only get demoted; they never get promoted. But I have this model going all the way up through. That's why he's out here because I'm trying to get him. All the way up to Liege Cavalos, so like he's been like promoted. Is this whole thing is he started out as like just a regular Mortac guard, but like they're like one of the one That's of the cool, one of the Cavaloy or one of the um, Mortisans is like, wait a minute, did we make a mistake with this soul blending? You know, like because this one's been <laughs> rocking it, and then you know because they like blend the souls and stuff, and so they well, what if we add some souls to it, see if he can excel, and so like that's this whole narrative. Um, because I am a narrative player. <laughs> hey, we're all narrative players. Some narrative is just to win. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So, so, yeah, while some armies get things like that, some armies literally get almost nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about the feck, but that's, that hero is just the worst terror guy at the end of the day. Um, some other armies, uh, what else did I look at? Um, <sighs> Nurgle doesn't really get anything. What I had a bit of a look at. Um, build the destruction armies. Um, Auric War Clans. I've got this Bone Splitters hero, but you can't do a single thing with Iron Jaws because everything in Iron Jaws is locked behind Mega Boss or Weird Knob Shaman Keyword. So you literally don't get a thing running an Iron Jaws hero, really. Um, and then there's, a, there's a lot of armies that are like that. They're, they're keyword locked, so you can't really do the fun things you want to do in end because you don't have the right keywords. Um, that's why this OBI hero is possible because the White Dwarf came out and fixed that. Some armies never got that. So I think it creates a lot of giant imbalances in in what some armies get from this and what some don't. Well it's like the haves and the have nots, right? Like this is this is the inverse of the um of the realm artifacts problem. The realm artifacts problem was there's too many of them, like really, and they could have streamlined it down to like a good list and they're just like jettisoned the whole thing from the game whatever i don't want to get into that tangent but this is the opposite of that the 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 realm artifacts gave everyone a baseline here you go everyone gets this right like everyone everyone can use ethereal or you can't everyone can use aether quartz bro everyone can use sort of judgment which did nothing wrong or you can't <laughs> like my my freaking little time, beast, <laughs> my little beast lord killing a, a keeper of secrets with a sort of judgment that's why they took it away from me. They took it away from me specifically. Um, no, but but this is this is kind of the 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 antithesis of that because it's not so much a hey here's like a, a cool little like 
it, it has the appearance of maybe being that, but with the keywords, it doesn't end up being that way. Or like with us here at Bone Reapers, it's like one, they fix the keywords, but also like they have this artifact that just is hanging out in this book where they're like, oh yeah, this is totally balanced because like you put it on a leash Cavalos, it's like six ish damage on the top end. Like it's really not abusive. You're like, it's cool. But now you're talking about somebody who's got a five damage weapon that they're bringing into play. They've got nine attacks. Now you're cooking with gas. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, boy. <laughs> Four damage swing. <laughs> five damage, but on the charge. Yeah. Um, if you look at if you look at all the builds I've given you, they're, they're all relying on artifacts that are balanced around their book. And when you can put something in that book it doesn't have, that suits that artifact, it does something mental. Yeah. So bonus splitters don't have a super a high wound survivable hero. When you put a four up after save artifact on a, you know, super survivable high wound hero that you have to charge and can't retreat from, well, that's that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? Right. When right. you've got it, if you look at first prince, everyone just puts the the fourfold blade on their corruptor. Um, so their corruptors doing mortal wounds on a D three. I don't think many people looked at the reroll save artifact, and when you put that on a three off ethereal, big monster dude, it's pretty fucking good, right? Um. <laughs> We're nearly, we're nearly done, man. So we're, we're nearly no, there, no, 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 no. Um, it's it's fine. Molly turned on the vacuum cleaner and left my door open. It's just like this day. This <laughs> this has been a day. Um, no. uh, one of those days. Mate. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Yeah, go ahead. So that that's that's kind of like issue number one. You see, is that this is not like in this is inequitable across the game. Yes, and a lot of people, they've got their pet army, they only play a certain few armies, and if your armies that you own don't offer anything, then you shoot out of luck. Like, you, you, you've, you've, some of these builds you've seen, certain armies, if they don't, if they can't match something with that, they've got no chance. they really got no chance. So, so if I can counterpoint a little bit, um, you know, not every army can do everything anyway out the box. You know, how, you know, like, not, Osiric Bone Reapers 100%. have, you, yep. know, you know, like, not everybody ha- can partake in the spell casting meta right not every army can partake in shooting you know like you just kind of have to look at the shooting armies and go how do i beat the shooting army i don't have shooting counter shooting tools like i'm, I'm not going to outshoot them i have to figure out and be more ingenious um this isn't i mean the, uh, not every army can do everything is is this is this okay so my, my counterpoint to that would be go ahead yeah is that armies themselves well yes Compare Sylvaneth to Seraphon. It's not a comparison, but I think if you want, if you've seen these builds and you know these builds, they're so far apart. I think it's worse than the Seraphon and the Sylvaneth skill gap. If if you if you look at some of these things, and another thing to remember is people aren't going to understand or know what these builds do. They might not even see them until they get to the table, where all the information for those armies is available on the table. So you've got a bit of an idea, right? Um, so I think it makes it. The anvil side of things is is more unbalanced or imbalanced and worse than army to army comparison. Would you agree with that? Or is is I mean it's it's rules bloat, right? Like in in the at the end of the day, it's it's rules bloat, right? It's it's more rules. Theoretically, we get to a point where where they're known commodities, which is what en- ended up happening with um, uh, realm artifacts. They became known commodities. You only had to look out for three or four things. You you knew what they were. You knew what an ethereal stonehorn was. You knew what an ethereal vlasda was. Like you um, like you you learned those known commodities. Do you think that we could end up in a known commodity scenario with Anvil of Apotheosis heroes? Like you know, you're oh, going to look you, out for if every if every event was an Anvil event. 
Absolutely. Okay. Um, but I guarantee there's going to be some stuff. I'm, I'm 100% I've missed some stuff yeah. that we're going to get to at the event. The list aren't out yet. The event's next weekend. So I'm not sure when, when those are coming out. But um, there's 70 plays. You're not going to be able to look through every single anvil here, especially if everybody brings two, right. learn what they all do, how they interact with armies, command traits, artifacts. It's um, like I said, it's, it's a lot of bloat, and um, there's going to be some things that are missed, and it's going to going to create a lot of imbalances, worse than where we're at with armies at the moment, in, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So, so essentially, like we already, I mean, everyone knows, like Games Workshop, Games Workshop kind of goes for the League of Legends balancing system, and not the Magic the Gathering balancing system, like which is to say, imparity forces innovation. You know, that's. That's the that is League of Legends. They release a new champion. That imparity forces the whole competitive wheel to churn. Age of Sigmar is very similar, I I think. Um, this is not a thing good, thing bad value statement. It's just that's how I see it. Um, this is injecting an extra sort of wheel into it to use my own metaphor, right? Like so now you're like you're spinning two wheels on that competitive uh, axiom, right? Um, Okay, I'm I'm just trying to like characterize like like your point. Um, so why is that bad? Shouldn't competitive players be able to like you know play through adversity, like play through this stuff, like you know like uh you know we, to use the 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 metaphor like AD gets injured, right? Like if the Lakers are gonna be the better team, learn to play through your injury, right? Like you know what. Shouldn't competitive like gladiators, right? Like, don't you want your to be able to play? I I don't know if you like rugby, but rugby seems to be the the sport in Australia. Like, there's got to be some sort of like contestation about the yeah no. <laughs> there's got to be some sort of like playing outdoors. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Is it? We've got our own sport called called Aussie Rules Football. So that, that's our sport. Yeah, right on. So, so you, wait, did, are you going on? Okay. Um, <laughs> and another one. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. No, um, but like, isn't there an appeal to like sort of like the the gladiator playing through all the elements, playing through all the adversity? Isn't there like an appeal to how a competitive player can overcome all that stuff? Or there's definitely um, no, you're right. There's definitely challenges in that. Um, for example, my club mate, other Joel, um, he loves his bock and he goes to most tournaments knowing he's not going to win. But he loves the challenge to try and win, go four and one or five and zero with with Beast of Chaos, which is a pretty fucking great achievement. And he does it on does it on the regular. Yeah. And he goes to every table with such a disadvantage over the the people he's playing against. Um, a lot of the time. Um, that's that's the challenge he relishes and he enjoys. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Uh, um, there's something there. Uh, eat 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 Bray Love. Uh, I believe his Bert whatever. Like he just walked back from a Masters event. Uh, with what sixth the uh, sixth place finish. Like, bow to now. Fuck yeah, like, man. Yeah, like, let's go. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah and, and it was a bit of a main list, too. It wasn't, like, the best base list you could write, so. Yeah. The, well the, done. Power to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so, but yeah, like, playing through adversity, doesn't, isn't that, like, test a, a particular caliber of a of a competitive player? My argument on that with Anvil would be that it is a different skill set, different ability to come up with and find the best Anvil heroes than it is in list building or playing. Um, I think the way you build an anvil hero and look at it, there's not, you can't bring so much back to list building. List building is, you've got a known quantity, you've got known points, you've got your known allegiance ability. 
Loveless. With the anvil, it's everything. Everything has got different values, different points. One point here changes what happens with the next point there. If you can put it 400 points, you can put it 30 points, like we discussed. There's so many variables involved with this. And then by the time you start adding different layers, which we talked about with your allegiance abilities, your artifacts, your command traits, there's there's so much there. I think it's a, I think it's a different skill in your mind to be able to to really find the meat, I suppose, inside Anvil. Um, and the match play rankings aren't based off that skill set. It's based off your skill set of being able to write a list or find a good list, find what it's good at, how to play it, how to pilot it, and and, and take that event and, and try and win the event and qualify for my. I think they're. I'm just trying to get there. I think they're just different skills. They're, they're not the same thing. You're and, not wrong. And if you're if you're scoring points for this skill set when the master's skill set has been defined as needing to do well at this, but you're doing well at this and getting reward for this, I, do, I just yeah. think it's, yeah. It's, yeah, so, so, so two points on this. Um, the, the first one being, uh, like, list building is actually, it's list building and piloting are different skill sets. Uh, I think you can, anyone who's been around competitive, like, I'm a, I'm a decent pilot. I'm a pretty skilled sort of like builder. Like I, it's the it's the Johnny thing. Like I'm, it's when you look at like how combos come together and you're like evaluating a war scroll and extrapolating like how this will play on the table and so on and so forth. Like that's a different set of like now you're on the table. Like these are the tools I have. Like how do I apply them? Like they're they're a little bit different tool sets. Um, Anvil of Apotheosis is like a having an exponent. Like, it's exponential would be how I would characterize it on list building, which is already itself kind of, you know, cerebral and stuff like that. You have, like, some people out there who are just uh, – I remember, like, the old, like, when I, I – I don't personally know uh, Byron Orday, but I remember when I was, like, just getting into Age of Sigmar, looking – when he was still, like, he was running, like, GA Order and stuff like that, I think it was. Like, I remember looking at some of the lists that – just from a person who's reading stuff on the internet, I wasn't making content. I didn't follow anyone on Twitter. I just went to the TGA forums. I remember looking at some of those lists and just going like, you know, like kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, like, I, in fact, one of the things I admire about Australia is, is there's, it, I call it the Galapagos meta. Uh, me and Brendan from, from the cubic shenanigans pod, uh, podcast. I think I'm stealing his, his terminology, but it fits. It's like this, you have this like Island of, with folks having to sort of like innovate in interesting ways because there's been some constraints placed up with time and distance, right? Like you're you have really wide open area, uh, availability of models and stuff like that. So like you have this innovation that must come through in the list building phase. Like list building is its own skill. When you add something like Anvil of Apotheosis, it feels like it's an exponent on that. Like as somebody who prides himself a builder like a i'm an innovator i think i'm i'm very esoteric and i i i, I really rule in that respect of, of the game um you know i've been I mean, like on... you said when you when you pull up anvil anyone can see you can make any idiot can see you can make a big giant monster material you can make a 30 point wizard that that's broken it's it's trying to find all the nuance in between that that's the challenge mm-hmm. well with well, the real challenge is, is when you're like okay what artifact can i turn this on with you know if i if i can build like a I've got, like, 120 points left over my list. What can I do with 120 points in Anvil? You know, that's where my brain goes. Like, I'm like, I've got, a, like, a really good list. And then, like, and then I once I get there, I accidentally build something that's busted. I'm like, this is busted, but not in this list. And then I go, what list do I build that in? And that's how my brain begins. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's how I 
a tackle that stuff because it's it's at once like kind of linearly, but it's just like it just branches out infinitely from from the position that I, I land on. So I'm I'm not like necessarily disagreeing or agreeing here. I'm just trying to like sort of represent the sort of avenues of thought on this uh, as best I can. Um, so I just want to go back to like one point I asked earlier on. Doesn't this stuff like list building eventually become known commodities though? You're going to have your 40, your 40 point corn dudes. You're going to have that all. I mean, obviously you're, you're bookending it on the tournament scene. This is, this is the last season. Is this a non-point? Is there, is there going to be another season where they're like, oh man, we're bringing back Anvil of Apotheosis is, or is this just, we're all locked up and looking for things to talk about? Um, yeah, fair point. Um, it's it's been raised. I think you're away when I when I said this, but it's it's, it's going to get raised with the committee for next season if if annual events are allowed in, and um, I'll be betting the house that that they won't be, um, for a number of the reasons in the annual heroes I've shown before. Um, my argument just comes back to, um, it's just it's so it's just not balanced at all. It's not designed be balanced i don't think i don't think that was their intention when they wrote it but that's just me guessing um sorry my phone's rang. um and um and i think it's it's no it's I've, I've been called away i think five times on this stream but that one time you sort of stopped your phone from ringing and i didn't even hear it ring unacceptable i know right <laughs> what, a, what a prick yeah yeah <laughs> no uh, yeah i just my, my, my look to, to put my argument in simple terms, it's, it's, it's too unbalanced. It's not, I don't think it's designed to be used in, in match plays. I think it's more for fun, fun games with your mates. Um, but that's just me assuming. So I shouldn't assume, I guess, but that's, that's my opinion, man. Um, that's like and your think, opinion, yeah. man. Yeah. I hope that was a deliberate <laughs> Big Lebowski reference. Uh, one of my top, Hell yeah. top, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, that's, that's, I, I just don't think it belongs. It's, Okay. okay. Some of the things you can do, you shouldn't be able to. Do. Right. And 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 chat gang, if you want, you know, chat gang, hey, you're here in comments section, or you're here in the, in in live chat right now. Um, anyone watching this back on the vods on YouTube, or I guess if you're listening to it on Spotify and stuff, you're just gonna have to like Twitter at us. I guess there's a voicemail program, but I never use it, so I have no idea. <laughs> there could just be like a hundred voicemails right now where people have like called into like the voicemail thing that they could leave on Anchor, which is what I used to host my podcast on on all that stuff and i've just been ignoring them for just two years now i have no idea bro you could have like your own stand <laughs> and he could like he could have committed you know he could be fucked up waiting for you to call him back yeah uh. oh stan like eminem <laughs> reference too this is this is a good episode um yeah i have no idea um yeah so i i implore i implore other people to think about this stuff uh leave comments have a discussion going um it might be a non-point you know, maybe, hey, it's already a foregone conclusion. It's not in Masters next year. But it's still worth thinking about because I think by thinking about stuff like this, you start to think about other aspects of the game more holistically. Um, there are things, like I said, like we go back to like Realm Artifacts that I think is a really, really good point, counterpoint, where you're like, okay, well, Anvil of Apotheosis, this is what this does. But then when you look at like, when you look at like, something like Realm Artifacts, they go like, yeah, but see, like, look at how that's just, like, one little layer of, and that feels to me like a good thing, and blah, 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 but, or whatever, that's me, but, you know, whatever. I mean, 
realm artifacts are gone. So it's it's gone like forever. Yeah. Question for you there, right? Right. Well, <laughs> but the point is, is by thinking about stuff like this, you think about as we have hero heroic actions coming forward, right? Like you're going to, th whilst going through your thought processes on a puzzle like this, you find different puzzles to solve elsewhere, and I think that's what's you know good about things like this. Um, what about having? Do you have like tournaments where like they're not considered four masters, but like you'd love to see this in, or some sort of alternate to be not like a strict hey, this should never be allowed at tournaments. Is there some sort of like sweet spot where this is allowed at tournaments, but maybe not like impactful that's, that's, on them? Um, what's that event? I always hear Vince talking about it, like some narrative event you guys have. Holy out, Havoc and, and Holy Wars. It is. Uh, I've been to yeah. Holy Havoc, uh, unbeaten. Unbeaten at Holy Havoc. Get at me, everybody. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> in fact, I have beaten Vince Venturella and Tom Lyons to... I spit. <laughs> I, I expectorate. Uh, yeah, well, yeah uh, unbeaten. Um, yeah, it, it, it's got three awards. It's bare bones, like best general, best paint, best story or best narrative or something like that. It's just three. It's bare bones. It's actually the most cutthroat tournament I've ever played at. <laughs> it's like it's supposed that's what i'm expecting with this one man. It, it's supposed to be like the most narrative like like uh you know yeah it's narrative focus like uh 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 holy 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 hern is just he makes fantastic looking tables but there's a sort of laissez-faire to it all where like when you're allowed to kind of like go wild and like there's no expectation of success the craziest stuff happens like when there well, is i think that's um it's an interesting comparison for this because you're you're what a thousand points of two armies yeah for holy so... havoc and then holy wars is a 2k and it's it's singles so there's there's two different he runs two of he runs a, a winter event and then he runs a spring event basically so you get the uh the winter event is the is the doubles and it's it's a very similar vibe to both i'm um i'm sure I think I think it's actually a great comparison because I'm sure there's certain armies that if you bring a K, a thousand of them and put them together, there's got to be some really fucked up combos there, right? Beasts of Chaos and uh, and Maw Tribes turns out pretty good together. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, um, but would, do you think that should be a match play event, like with the with the stuff you can do in that? Should, would you allow that as it to be scored in the match play? Say, for example, it was just one person bringing a thousand of two different points. Well, that be scored in at, as as doubles, it automatically kind of shouldn't be right. Like, so I don't think this is a fair comparison. If there well, was I mean, like, a, if just there just was pretend a... it's one person bringing a thousand of two different armies and he's playing it. Yes. You think it should? Yeah. Um. Not like weighted. Have I think it should be less weighted because it's like weirdo rules. But like, I'm interested to see the puzzle puzzle solvers out there like innovate and be interesting and um. If it's all within bounds of the game and the rules, uh, and there's people out there who are cerebral with the rules, I want the cerebral. We don't have a coaches award. You know, we don't have a meta knowledge award. The closest thing we get to it is people who innovate. Meta breakout. Yeah, I mean, but then it's you're getting rewarded for like a three and two finish with like a weird list, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Um. And, and, like, I'm for that. I'm for that trophy at events, by the way. I think that makes them more interesting. But to see some sort of, like, if you're talking about, like, ranked systems, which will always have avenues for exploitation, the best thing... I'll, um... Yeah? I'll give you a quick example. At, um, <laughs> at our last tournament, we, or a couple of, couple of tournaments ago, we had a, 
an award called the Choke on Your Own Filth Award. So <laughs> it's basically the inverse of that. The person who performed the worst with the net list got the Yes, I love it. Award. I love that too. I see. I love. I love weird. Aw- I I think uh, awards make the event give events personality. I think that's what truly. It's it's your your TO and your community, and then the awards because your awards are are telling the people playing in your event how you want them to play in your event, right? Um, there's sort the, of like um, go ahead. The loudest cheer for the weekend was the person who won the Choke on Your Own Filth Award. Of course it would be. <laughs> of course it would be. There's a snark there. There's a yeah. No, I mean, so I'm not saying. You asked me like if I would want that to count, and like, uh, Herner won it, or uh, the the TO won it. He doesn't think it was an event as like a cutthroat, uh, you know, masters event, and so it wouldn't because he'd say no, and then the score would get thrown out. Um, would I want it to? Yeah, because I'm interested in people innovating. Um, there's, there's this like notion that like it's gamey if you do stuff that like is unintentional consequences. It, there's a difference between gotcha and gamey. Yeah, me. I don't like that. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't like that. I, I think there's a difference between like gotcha and gamey. Like gamesmanship to me is cool. It's to be commended. Like gamesmanship, like uh, you know, I, I love to use the um, I've got my uh, soul blight dice here. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> They're normal and functional. <laughs> Tuh, disgusting. Where are my OB, OBR dice? They're proper and horrible. Um, like Dude, uh, I um, I saw someone trying to sell some silver dice <laughs> the other day. I the wood ones. Them and I was like. What, yeah, what were they thinking? Uh, oh, <laughs> so good. Um, for me, like I like gamesmanship. Um, with with um, Osir, or with um, with Nagash, he's got the hand of dust. I love that moment where I get to like put my hands forward and try to get in your head. Like that's part of the game to me. They said that I get to put a die in my hand and make you pick one. Now I'm gonna fuck with you, right? Like I it's, like. Um, go ahead. It's fun for me too because whenever I whenever I verse someone, I, I like oh, there's a wedding ring on that finger. Are you, how, how much do you love your wife? Is it in that hand with the wedding ring? <laughs> oh, I, I have to get a, a tattoo right here with Nagash um, for, for, for my charity event coming up. Um, I'm going to tell people this is the hand of dust. That's where the tattoo of Nagash is on here. I'm going to tell them that going into every game I play Nagash going forward. I'm going to tell them this is the hand of dust. And from there, the, game, the, the mind games begin. Do I always put it in the hand of dust? <laughs> I've got a tattoo on it. Like I, I like gamesmanship. I, I do. I like... Um, you know, like if you if you got somebody in in the community who's known for playing a list, right? And you're like, so like you get like a whole club together to like mess with that person, right? Like, and <laughs> uh, shout out to Brendan Melnick and the Detroit Warhammer Club. Like, uh, like I, I I like gamesmanship. I do because if it's if it's within the boundaries of the rules as written and intended, because with our game we have to anticipate both, like. Like if it's within the realm of that stuff and with the t- with the, in the realm of the TO's purview, because the TO's I f- feel regardless of what GW intended, uh, for me the TO's got the final final say. It's the this is a grassroots game for me. Um, oh, yeah. like yeah. G- GW, what you do ultimately doesn't matter because it's without the fans, without the people playing it, like your game's meaningless. Like. It's us who who drive this. Even if sometimes it feels like we don't because they release models, blah, 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 blah. Like, we can vote with our dollar. We have this power to, they say this is what match play is, and then we go, no, screw you. We want to play on the bigger tables. As a community, we can just do stuff like that. Like, and they can't stop us. 
because that's what games are. Games for me are all that. It's the it's the people playing the games that are far worthier than any rule or any system. And so when it comes down to like the sort of the full breadth of the rules as possible, I agree with you for a lot of your points. But asking me specifically if like I think someone getting like gamey with the rules should be allowed to like be valued in a in a tournament score, absolutely. I, I trust, like, I'm the same as you. I, I love that gamey stuff. I don't think you're abusing anything. You're not got cheering anyone. All you're doing is using the rules that have been given to you and finding the best way to use them. Yeah, it's, the it's that's, a, that's all you're doing. It's a gotcha if I don't tell you. If I if you walk up to the table and I say, do you have anything that teleports? And I go, no. And then, yeah. And I then guess. I'm like, oh. And then later on, I cast a spell and I teleport it. And I'm like, and 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 you're like, you said you didn't have any teleports. And I'm like, well, no, I don't have any models that teleport. I have a spell that does it. That's gotcha. That's bullshit, right? Like that's when you take them back to the car park. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's fuck that. You know, we play a game of perfect information, not perfect recall. Like all the information available, like you should be explicit with. Like this is that, but um, and gotchas happen naturally, and so on and so forth, because our game does is played in three dimension. But we need to, as a community. Get used to like inve- innovative rules and list building isn't a gotcha in and of itself. Like that's just innovative rules and list building. That's that's, that's happening just being in intelligent and um, you know, figuring out some cool. Yeah, and it, and if it's cool enough, it becomes it becomes a net list, and everyone knows about it, and then it's a known commodity. Like that's how this stuff all happens, and and I have a little bit of a of a belief that that will ha- would happen with with Anvil of Apotheosis. That the known. Well, you just look at um, you just look at Feck. Nobody realized Smashbat was a thing till like a year, year and a half after that book came out, right? Like, well, they were distracted by the obvious cheese, right? Like the easy <laughs> cheese, as we like to call it. It comes in the t- can. You just on top of a cracker, you're good to go. Um, like the easy cheese distracts people. I think um, Vircos might be a little bit of an easy cheese for people, like in terms of soul. Bl- I'm saying because it's relevant. And it's, um, but like that's where like <laughs> it's the obvious one, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Vircos is the obvious one. That's the easy cheese. But like, I'm like, I'm looking at like a, a Legion of Blood build, where I'm like, Grave Graveguard are real good, and they're kind of bonkers in here. Um, you know, like, that's got a stick, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got buffed. I can't believe it. I already liked them before, and they got better, and they have better tools to get them where they belong to fight you. Oh. Uh. I had a mate who would play them in Legion of Night before, and there's a bunch of fucking graveguard popping up. And if they make that, if they made that charge in like fucking blenders, dude. I I was playing them through because I, I switched to a, a right around again. Fack and Slanesh were at the basically Slanesh was kind of coming into the height of its power, and Fack was established. Gaven. I was playing graveguard. I was playing Death March. I was just pounding people, and by the way, Death March is still worth playing. Um, like just pounding people with Graveguard is <laughs> never gets old. When I started playing, the old school combo was you had you had Direwolves and Graveguard, and you would set your your Direwolves. I call it Tokyo Drifting, where you you side you line them out sideways and just kind of push them forward and say like you either have to charge us or go around, and you're not going around, but then you have them spaced out just enough with those 25 mil bases for the Graveguard to charge through, and you just go Get through the gap. Yep. I hope they fix that 3.0, man. That is, uh, that, I, I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> well, see, that's not a gotcha. That's just me being a good a good gamer. 
I'm a gamer doing the technical, that. That's a technicality that they can't put their base size out. <laughs> Perhaps, but I wouldn't call it a gotcha. Like if the, the again, no, if it's, it's gotcha. if it's in the purview of the rules. Um. So I, again, with Anvil of Apotheosis, I don't disagree with you. I think that there might be some sort of like, this could all be moot, right? 3.0 comes out, Anvil of Apotheosis is jettisoned from the game forever, and we never see it again, right? Like that. That is a possibility. It was a fun experiment. I hope some people in their casual games crack it open and they they bust it out in the in in basement hammer or garden hammer and they just have fun with it still. Um, but for a like theoretically speaking, the tournament tos are genuinely thinking about keeping it around in in three even if it's not supported by Games Workshop directly, and it's a legitimate conversation. Maybe there's a happy converse a happy co- compromise to be had. Where it's not, if this is an AOA event, you talked about your your penalty sort of to uh, points available based on attendance. Maybe there's a penalty yep. available if you're using Anvil Apotheosis. You know, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I suppose like even for the penalty, if you do well, it's still going to get a, a, a reasonable score. Um, but yeah, I just think having it, be, yeah, like I, I like that idea. Having it be the same value as as a match play event that. Um, like you said, all the information is available in front of you about every army in the game. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people won't even think or consider some of their combinations when these these anvil heroes can have uh, start to interact them with artifacts, command traits, whatever else. Maybe the fix is they become a unique hero. They can't have an artifact or a command trait that Could kills be. a lot of the, the bent build. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Might I mean, not it, but. That's some of the fun stuff too. Maybe it's minimum point costs. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, your your TO did a good job with identifying like uh, certain abilities that should just cost more points. Like that's a good that's a good that's a good uh, really good identifier. Like there's certain stuff like that where Anvil of Apotheosis out of the gates. I think regardless of what people believe in in our, sort of the broader framing of the discussion we've had this evening. Um, out of the gates, it's not adequate for match play. You have to throttle some stuff. Period. Um, period. I'd agree. Um, like I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a realistic disagree, a reasonable disagreement to that. Um, realistic and reasonable aren't always the same thing. People can, in reality, crazy stuff happens. Um, like, I don't think it out of out of out of the box. You open it up, ha! Like. No, it's it's not ready to go. You you've got to do some stuff. You've got to throttle it. Uh, I minimum points was one of the first things I identified. I'm like, this should just cost at least a hundred points. I put it at one ten because I wanted to put it at a premium to do some of this stuff. Because uh, you should customization should cost a premium. Uh, and then what from, about a hundred five? Ooh, yeah, we got the five now. Yeah, we got the f- hundred five. We'll meet. In, we'll meet in the middle. Boom, compromise. See, look, world, we can do it. We can do it. Um, no, yeah. So you would be proud. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, put it at one hundred five. Whatever it is. Um, you know, some of the the command traits, so on and so forth. But like, so we get that. Is it still? I don't know. So I guess I, you've got the issue then. Is is each tournament? Is it going to have to be a set? Rule set put out by the Masters Committee that you, to, you, you want to have an Anvil event in the Masters ranking. You have to follow all these rules. Do so each TO have to make up their own? You know, what's, at what point is this balance enough to get included? Well, it, there's, a, there's a big, big gray area well, there, too, I suppose. Well, so. 
with your master's committee, though, you have an advantage over something like the Midwest, where we would have 20 different tournaments with 20 different interpretations of an AOA hero. Like, and what is legal? Some would do would up points on, on some destiny point costs. Some would put a hard line on how some would say they're unique heroes and can't have artifacts. Like, they, you'd have 20 tournaments, and 20 tournaments run 20 different ways. Um, so you do have an advantage in the fact that you have a master's committee that could hammer out some of these details and say, to be a, you know, ITC or whatever ranked event, you have to fit this criteria if you're allowing AOA. And then it will be like... You have a par- You already have like a parenthetical or a, a, a amendment with if it's sub forty. You already have that baked in. You can do something like that with AOA. This is an advantage that your your master system does have. Um, you're allowed some of that nuance that honestly, like out of the box, AOS doesn't have. Um, that because again, like I what Games Workshop dictates down to me is is worth like an amount in the bucket, but it's not <laughs> the worthiest amount in the bucket. For me, it's about the community. I mean, the you see, the community is pretty against you know, self comping certain things, but you still see it pop up in packs occasionally. Um, a big one you, you've, you've seen a few times over here is Scorched Earth is two points for a burn instead of D3. I like for it. Example, or um, a lot of packs now remove that, take the minor wins out for victory points, it's just a draw instead. Um, little things like that. So it is starting to creep in a little bit because. DW, I yeah. At the end of the day, I think they, they could do a better job. Um, I think they do it. They, they do a great job, and they try. But I think it still could be done better. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, but it's it's just hard. Where, where do you where do you draw the line? What's successful? What's it, not? If if it's they hard, even if they did better, I'd still like be like yeah, whatever, man. I'm gonna play my game my way. <laughs> like, 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 I, it's just I I'm just Don't tell me of, what to do. I'm just a bit of a contrarian though. It's 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 me. It's not them. It's like I I like I'm the GM who's ran. RPGs for multiple decades now and the majority of my life and the rules have always been guidelines to me um, like and by rules I mean like the codified rules in the game I'm like you know got to be pretty pretty hard to it but like when there's an authority telling me the rules like Oh, fucking right there with you man <laughs> fuck authority uh, uh, but yeah so, so um, you know that's me but no, I, I um, Drew Mouse is here. What if they they just can't take artifacts and command trace? Wouldn't that fix most of the interactions? I think it would, but then, like you said, I think no one would run Anvil here. As but then you, they, they wouldn't run shit. it. So, like, why is it there? Any? It's it's fundamentally doing the same thing. Comp has a so like the delicate dance for comp with me is telling people they can't play with their toys, and never tell me I can't. This is the authority thing. Don't tell me I can't play with my toys. But like. <laughs> But, um, like, an Anvil of Apotheosis hero isn't quite the same thing as telling me I can't play with my toy. Because I can I can make my crazy conversion anyway and be like, hey, this is my Necromancer. You know, I can already kind of do that. I do think there's there's a importance to empowering players to give them rules for making the thing unique. That's But that's a totally separate thing. Totally separate show. Um... So, so like you're this say, <laughs> saying no anvil apotheosis and telling me I can't play with my toys. That's different from comp to me. Comp like I can play what I want. Like I bought it. You know, I don't know. I feel like anvil is the opposite. That anvil is saying find whatever toy you want and you can play with it. Yeah, within this set of rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 enabling like going crazy, which is itself kind of a type of fun. Which is why I I don't. 
again, I'm I'm Team Anvil. Like I'm I'm for it in general. Uh, where I'm I'm pu- I would push back against myself is like to what extent in a ranked masters type setup. You know, I'll tell yeah. you. I'll like tell I, you. Like I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like I'm I'm super for this tournament. I'm so excited. Um, I can't wait to see it for the list to come out and see what people have come up with. Um, but I wouldn't want to play this every week. And I wouldn't want to go, for example, this, this event is allowing Anvil characters and an Anvil event to go in the Masters ranking. Does that mean that when I go to Masters in a month and a half, can I take an Anvil hero, hero in my list? Because apparently Anvil's allowed. So we can have Anvil heroes in Masters lists at the Masters event, winning Masters. Then, then how's that going to look? You know, So hmm. it's um, the whole can of worms, I suppose. Yeah, see, I, I would probably draw the line there personally. As as a tournament that gets you there, sure. You know, like I said, I wanna I wanna value people's uh, innovation, but maybe not as much as playing the game of Age of Sigmar, right? Because talk hammer only goes so far. You gotta play the game, and uh, you know, I value the game actually playing the game a lot over. Even though I'm good at the cerebral stuff, I value playing the game over. <laughs> when you're talking about like walking away from with physical rewards and stuff like that, you should probably re- reward the physical aspect of it. Um, it's um, it's a strange game, Warhammer, isn't it? Because we spend a hell of a lot more time talking about it than playing it. I love it. I love it so. It's why it's perfect for somebody like me with a show called Rantcast. Um, even even if I played daily, I would still spend more time talking about it. Right? Like, there's there's no way to to not. It consumes my my brain waves uh so I, I i this is part of the show where i uh the final soapbox is there any any final moment that you've got a digital soapbox you'd like to stand up and proclaim to the world it could be warhammer related or completely not um anything any anything you just got to get off your chest you can abuse my platform for your own personal gain right now <laughs> uh what's what i've been waiting for now <laughs> sons are going to win the championship Oh. Devin Booker is going to be Finals MVP. Wow! Uh, Collingwood are going to win the Premiership next year. The Dacos boys are going to carry us. Nobody else. That. <laughs> I love it. And then I want to give you the final word on your topic, which is Anvil of, Apo- uh, of Apotheosis and where to find you. So your final word on Anvil of Apotheosis. Um, Anvil of Apotheosis, I think it's awesome. Huge props to GW and that designer, whoever came up with it. Um, I think it has no place in match play. I don't think it should be included in the match play ranking. I think it's going to have too big of an impact. Um, don't get me wrong, I still think there should be annual events, and I will definitely go to them. But I, I don't think it has a place in match play, in my opinion. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to push back on that. I'm just going to say if you want to expand the conversation, do so in the comments uh, below this video. Um, tweet at us. You know, get at us that way. And if they oh, did yeah. want... Go ahead. Come follow me on Twitter, JC underscore Graham. Send me your Anvil builds. There's If you Google uh, War Scroll Creator or Builder, there is a program you can use to create a War Scroll, and that's what I've done to make my Anvil Heroes. Make your own Anvil Heroes, send it to me. I'd love to see it. There you go. There you go. Um, and I was actually going to say, like, if they wanted to send it, so perfectly done. And uh, they should go probably maybe follow Measured Wargaming on YouTube and stuff, too, you think? Yeah, follow measured game, and they're all, they're all right. They're all right. All right. Um, <laughs> any any final thoughts? Um, just thanks for having me on, mate. Um, been good fun. It's, uh, it's I've really enjoyed the the challenge of you challenging some of my ideas and making me really think. And uh, critical thinking is always good for the mind. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, shout out to my missus. I think she's tuning in. She wouldn't have understood a word that was said. 
but um, she's very supportive. So yeah. love you, darling, and and thank you. And shout out to shout out to Message Gaming. They're an awesome group of guys. Um, I didn't really know anyone in Warhammer. Dove in, and they sort of took me under their wing, accepted me, and and had a great time with all those guys. So, a shout out Measured Gaming, shout out Mr. Meff, shout out Phoenix Suns. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. And chat gang, you are the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing. Drink your milk, pay your taxes, and I'll see you in 3.0.